You are listening to The Chomp Cast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, you can go to Patreon.com slash SwordChomp. Look for our VIP tier. More on that later. Um, we have five great reasons for you to tune in today. Although it's not really tuning in, I guess. It's a podcast, not the radio, but whatever. Still works. Um, five great reasons to tune in today. And all of them are the PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5. The news so nice, you say it more than thrice. It's the only thing I could think of that rhymed. Um, so we're going to go with that. Um, six. We break down the big new information. Well, yeah, technically, it was six, Josh. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Since I went into the chanting, it was only five. Mm. Um, I guess that works. But we, uh, we break down the big new information on the PS5 with help from the Sword Chomp Instagram community. Uh, poll topics this week voted on by you as well include Cuphead on the Switch, Tiger Woods returning to glory, inspiring Morgan's everybody's golf addiction, Enter the Gungeon, a game you forced me to buy, Spyro vs. Crash, and our Smash Royale continuation, which is actually an interesting debate we wanted to have about game design when it comes to collectibles and classic platforming games. So that's going to be a lot of fun uh, as well. And I'm really excited about the Katana Zero first impressions. Just got up a poll to, uh, post today about it. Um, spreading the word. Katana Zero. Oh, I'm so excited. I wish we could just talk about that the whole show. But alas, we need to get to some intros. Um, speaking of Katana Zero, a man who wields his Katana Zero. What is it? 0. 0.5 inches or something like that? No. Am I close? Are the pills helping? Who, who, who are we talking? I know we're not talking about me. That's right, the Filipino Johnny Depp, <gasps> aka Fish. Um, if you're oh, nasty no. from Texas, oh. I didn't even have mm-hmm. to introduce him properly. The guilt pulled him out of the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you baited me. You threw out that line there, and I, I was a bit curious looking at it. And I was like, you know what? That looks a little tasty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reeling you in on webcam, see? Um, we have to meet our, uh, every couple weeks we have to meet our micro-penis joke quota. People message me about it all the time. If I don't give them the micro-penis joke, then, you know, what are we even doing here? What are we even doing right, here? Right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, give, give the people what they want. Yeah, because God knows you can't do it. <laughs> Nobody wants that. But no, in all seriousness, we're, in, we're doing uh, intros this week to kind of uh segue into the topic fish briefly when you think about your playstation memories as a childhood what's the one that sticks out the most to you um oh briefly okay get in my ps2 mm. easily i got it for christmas that day i got arguably the two best fucking games on that system as well metal gear solid 2 and final fantasy 10 that's right that's right two best games yep probably i haven't stopped to think about it (laughs) We're just gonna, man, both in the same day. How did you fucking decide which one to play at I that know. point? It was fucking tough. It was tough as shit. I of course played Metal Gear Solid too. It's a I short. That, that makes a, sense. It, yeah. yeah, it's a shorter experience. I could quickly get to the next game. Um, but yeah, yep. Huh. Easily my best moment of was it because of the games? Was there anything else about that memory that made it special? Or uh, well, the thing is, is I I never really as a kid I or as a 
I guess, teenager. When you get older, you don't really ask. You start to wise up for Christmas and realize, mm -hmm. you know, there's some certain stuff that I really don't want to get. If I just ask for one big thing, yeah. I could get that instead and just save oh, up my money man. for the little stuff. So, I, like, as a teenager, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ask for a console and tell them that's all I want. And sure enough, mm -hmm. I got exactly what I wanted, so... It's always nice yeah. to get that one big thing. Unfortunately for us, right, Fish? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, can't, can't, can't give them that one big thing. Um, that's a good one. PlayStation. Uh, yeah. Cool. Oh well, thanks for being here, Fish. Um, excited to talk some PlayStation with you. Uh, Shay Layton, the professor, is joining us from Japan as usual. Um, and if oh, I'm excited, I know, I know for a fact he's not wielding a katana zero. That's right um but uh shay excited to talk to you today um early what's your special playstation memory from your path definitely playstation one for sure um i remember the you know the the first time i actually started started playing the system my dad um him and i were sitting on the couch one day watching tv this is back when i was six years old and i still remember this pretty pretty vividly and like this commercial for the first PlayStation comes on the TV because it was just ab about to release. It was around uh -huh. Christmas time, and he was like, "That looks pretty cool, doesn't it?" And I was like, "Eh, not really." And he's like, "What? <laughs> it looks awesome." And he, I was like, "Nah, I like the Sega Genesis. Like, I'm good with that. Like, that's the game." Still, still going into the wow. wow. And he's <laughs> like, "He's like, no, I think it'd be pretty cool. You know, if if uh." You know, someday we got that. And I was like, eh, whatever. And he's like, we'll have to see what happens and during Christmas time if Santa brings it to you or something. I was like, eh, I don't really care. And sure <laughs> enough, Santa brought it. And um, <laughs> I remember him setting it up and playing Battle Arena Toshinden 2, which was a really old fighting game. And uh, it looks kind of cool. I tried it out and I enjoyed it. And I obviously warmed up to the PlayStation. But that was my very first experience with the PlayStation. And I, years, years, and years later, my dad was like, I think he told me this like a few years ago, honestly. He's like, because I told him, like, I reminded him of that story. And he's like, you want to know something kind of funny about that is uh, I actually pulled it out of the box and played it the night before. <laughs> I gave it to you as a present. Oh, that's totally it. That's something I would do. Totally, that's great. Right, right. And I thought about that. I was like, dude, I'm not even mad at that because I would have done the same damn thing. So, yeah, you know, yeah. you're not going to get through my... the next day. Right. Exactly. So it was. Yeah. Uh, that was my very first experience, and that that one, like, I still, my dad and I still tell that story from time to time. So it's like a fairly vivid memory of mine. That's great. That's yeah, good that's stuff. Cool. Well, gl glad you are here, uh, Mr. Layton, as usual. Um, <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's mm -hmm. I need to do that. Um, from Michigan, Joshua Fowler is here. The Jimmy Rustler, Katana 9.5. Um, Josh, same question to you. What is your best play? I know you were a Nintendo guy, too, so I'm curious to see what your best sort of, like, console, um, I guess, arrival memory would be. Mm. That is tough. Uh, like as far as arrival, 
Yeah, like we all have our. These are a lot of our memories. We were saying yeah. are like from when we received, like the first time, like a new. Yeah, because I getting never a new place. received one. Like because, oh, like, I I always had okay. to save them and buy my consoles. Like the that, that could count still. Yeah, which I mean, yeah, like I I saved up and bought myself a PS2 in high school, and that that was a big deal. Like I was I was really excited about you know saving up money and you know working odd jobs for quite some time in order to get myself a ps2 um you earned that fucker what yeah, was did. what did you get with it what was was there a game that made you want to buy it um what did i buy with it i believe i bought final fantasy 10 like okay. as far as oh, with with the console um that makes sense because you were a final fantasy kid so you're probably like i can't play this thing unless i get a ps2 mm-hmm yeah yeah and uh yeah, I think that was the only one I had for quite some time, but this was this was back in the day when you could actually get really good deals at like GameStop. Um where you'd go there. Were you overseas at the time? Was that when you uh, were overseas? No. No, I was No, no, okay. This was in um What's it? Uh, Cuz I met Biloxi. you for for people that don't remember yeah. you. I met you in Biloxi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember we used to play PlayStation games together. Um I don't remember mm-hmm. how, or you just played ours, maybe, or you played our friend's PlayStation or something, because... Yeah, like, I saved up to... and bought one right before we left, and I'm pretty sure I got... Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure my first game was Final Fantasy X. It could have been something else, because it wasn't, like, a new system whenever I got one, because I kind of, I held off for a while there and got, I think I bought your PS1 to start with. Did I sell you my PS1? I'm pretty sure Damn. I bought your PS1 for, like, I don't know. It was like, I might have like almost yeah. nothing. I'm pretty sure I did because um, it was backwards compatible, so I probably didn't need it. I was probably yeah. excited to get you into the. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I bought yours, and then like a couple years later, I ended up buying like a couple years or a, just a year later, I ended up buying a PS2 because I'd gotten into a bunch of the other games from the PS1. Uh, yeah, but yeah, cool. Yeah, earn that fucker on your own. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no Christmas gift PlayStations for Josh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, glad you're here, Josh. Uh, I, of course, in general, Mountain Time from Montana. Mine was also a PlayStation One, like Shay. Um, but the funny thing about mine, though, I think Josh would appreciate this: is I was really trying to get a Nintendo sixty four, um, <laughs> because that's what my friends had, and I, I had look, I had, uh, I was a big Tomb Raider kid when I was younger. I used to play it a lot at my friend's house, but. I hadn't really thought about the PlayStation in a while. I just wanted that 64. So that's what my friends had yeah. with Zelda and Mario Kart and all that stuff. Um, for some reason, that was the one I wanted. But my parents were just, I don't know if they were spiting me or they just thought they knew me better than I knew myself. And they got me a, a PS1. And I thought for sure, seeing the box under the tree the whole time, that it was a fucking Nintendo 64 too. <laughs> uh, and I was wrong. It was not Nintendo 64. Hmm. Um, but it ended up being for the best. They got me Tomb Raider 3. Um, and then it was like one of those things where I was like, oh, I remember I used to love Tomb Raider games. That was a thing I was into. And then it spiraled me down the whole, you know, Metal Gear oh, Solid. Yeah. I, I got that, that first demo disc that came with the PlayStation pat that was packed in for me had like Spyro and Metal Gear Solid. And, and that was, I just played that all day for weeks. And that was my gateway drug to trying a bunch of oh, stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I had to time. buy all my old, old systems. I think the only system I was ever gifted was an original Game Boy, like the massive thing with four double A's. Like one of my 
One of my much older cousins aged out of it and gave me his Game Boy with Tetris and, uh, what was it called? Breakout? Pokemon? No, 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 no. It was like, like nothing, like nothing came with it. It was, it was Tetris and I think Breakout or Break, I I can't remember what they called the Game Boy version of it, but it was one of those brick breaking games where you like played Pong where you're moving a paddle at the bottom and breaking bricks. I can't remember what mm-hmm. the Nintendo version was called. I think just Breakout was what the Game Boy version was called. Um, but yeah, that was that was the only console I was ever gifted. I had to work for all the rest of them. That's hey, a working man, mm-hmm. working man. Um, and that's cool because the PlayStation Five was it was surprise announced this week. You know, if only Sony was going to a big uh, gaming convention in a month or two where they could make a big announcement. <laughs> Jeez, that would have uh. been a, a great idea, huh? Um, fucking weird. But yeah, out of nowhere, just on a fucking, what was it, a Wednesday or something, um, Sony came out and said, hey, you know, <laughs> here's the PlayStation 5 specs and base, some basic stuff that it's going to do. I believe it was originally leaked to Wired. I guess you didn't say leaked because it was yeah, given to yeah. them to make the announcement. And uh, so now we have a good idea of the PlayStation 5 specs, which, Fish, if you could, as we launch into this, if you could pull up those specs for me. Because uh, I'm actually doing a lot of this from my phone, so um, pull up all those PlayStation Five specs, and we will take a look at that. Uh, I can't tell if Fish is actually listening to me or just swiping on Tinder, but we'll get the. <laughs> uh, I'm listening. I think you can tell a difference. <laughs> I mean, unless he's, he's hitting smiling. an exceptionally bad streak on Tinder, that face <laughs> sure looks like he's listening to you. Okay, it's a sad, it's a sad <laughs> face. Um, <laughs> No That's super true. likes today, uh, but so as Fish is going to pull up the the specs and uh, we're read them off here. But there's some exciting stuff there. We're going to get our brief first impressions and we'll go right to the community because this is basically just a tech rundown of what it can do. But it's a big deal. It's a big deal because it's the first information we have on a next generation console officially. It's not a rumor. It's nothing like that. Is it official? Is it real? And the world is a buzz about it. So Fish, you got it. We pulling it up. We looking at it. Uh, yeah, I think I got it. Okay. All right. I love the confidence. All right. So uh-huh. what is the official rundown for the PlayStation 5 specs? What do we got? All right. The CPU is an AMD chip made by Ryzen. It's at eight cores. The GPU is ray tracing. It's a custom AMD Navi GPU. Um, audio, it has 3D audio. Um, that's dramatically different from the PS4 audio. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know how how much more fidelity can we get out of audio. Uh, the storage is gonna be a SSD. You're gonna offend this Josh is... with comments like that hmm. as an audio guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it's a SSD storage. Okay. Um, built into it, and it's gonna it's gonna support 8K. I don't even think the world is ready for 8K, but I don't even think. But the when world they needs are 8K. ready, when they are ready, it'll be there. That's the point. Okay. Yeah. A lot of case. Downscaling yeah. actually um, uh, is the 8K thing. Although no one is going to have a TV that's 8K, probably for the entire life of this thing, because 4K mm-hmm. is just now becoming standard. But mm-hmm. downsampling has been a big thing in PC communities for years. Like, if you have hardware that is strong enough 
to get you all the frames you want, and then some, you can render at a larger scale and then downscale it because you'll actually get better fidelity and better um, color quality within an image if you render it at a higher scale and then downscale it down. Yeah, scale it down to what you're actually viewing it Weird. at. Weird, okay. So, so even if you're not uh, using the 8K, if you're not using the, the 8K, it could still look a lot smoother if it's running that way oh. on the system natively. So that's some, something worth knowing um, if that's that nice. sounds... Sounds like complete overkill to you, and it is. No one actually needs an 8K screen, but rendering at that no. scale and then downscaling it to 4K will make a difference. So, well, and if they're looking at the the life cycle, let's say this is something that comes out in 2020. Let's just say that's when it does, and they're looking at a five to six year plan like the PS4. You know, they could be looking at the tail end of that life cycle. 8K becomes more of a thing. You know, I always thought 4K was silly, and here I am with my 4K TV. So, you never know. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really not necessary. Like, really, most people don't even have a large enough screen to take full advantage of just an HD resolution. Um, as far as what is actually getting shipped to consumers, um, from the distance they're looking at it through, like, there's literally no difference between any of the screens <sighs> from as far away yeah. as people are watching them. Um. So it'll but, be maybe there for just the high-end enthusiasts, but everybody else will just get the downscaling benefit. Yeah, well, that and the downscaling benefits are very nice because it makes everything just look a lot crisper. That's generally, like, any, any Blu-ray you get is recorded in 4K at this point, if not, you know, a, an even higher format, and then downscaled after oh, the fact okay. in order to make it as, as crispy as possible because it just it looks good. Um, oh, love crispy. Mm-hmm. Okay, fish. Continue That's the spec. How I like rundown. my bacon. Is how you. Oh. Yeah. I thought there was some. You don't like you no. don't like soggy, floppy bacon. That's weird. Ugh. No. Gross. I do. Anyways, uh, oh, you do. You're too <laughs> disgusting. I also, I also, my my wife it was shocked. It should be chewy, love... but it should also be crispy. That's that's the yes. thing. Yes. Everyone yeah. who that's thinks it's a, a debate between chewy and crispy. They're both wrong. It's supposed to be both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the middle's but, chewy, but the I, outside's But I can't, I can't live... Yes, there's supposed to be like a really meaty part. Then there's also supposed to be oh, a yeah. crispy part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if it's soggy, that's that, okay. I can agree. <laughs> no. I, I'm weird. <laughs> Not so I'm much, but okay. <laughs> I like warm lettuce, too, so who am I? Oh. Um, I might you go with lettuce. You are the devil. Yeah. Uh, PS5 uh, features <laughs> here. Um, it also supports... Uh, Backwards compatibility, that's a plus, right? That's, that's a huge nice. plus. That's a huge plus because that was a huge obvious. minus to the PS4. As many yeah, it good games as there were on the PS4 that all of a sudden mm-hmm. people couldn't buy if they were just coming in. Yeah, I, I mean the right. PS3. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. But no, that's what I'm saying. The, from the PS3 to the PS4, everything that they mm-hmm. couldn't buy. Um, yeah, that was really disappointing because there was a bunch of really cool stuff that. You know, would have been great if someone was just coming in. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's there has been some speculation that people are saying that the new PS5, with that SSD, are thinking that it's only going to be a digital console and that there's no, not going to be a, a disc drive or anything in there. But no. Um, they're they're saying that it will support it. So those yes. people who are 
get trying to naysay on this con- new console that's yeah well fairly just just been you know, <laughs> they can't actually naysayers. read from the disc so it's kind of stupid that it has a disc drive in there for anything other than blu-ray um because for them to not have load times you're gonna have to download it um they do what? they do not uh, make blu-ray well, players fast enough to read from a disc remotely fast enough to how can you say that with a certainty josh you're smarter than i but how can you say that because blu-ray players are slow to this day they're slow if you buy a top of the line blu-ray player and start a disc right now it'll take about 20 seconds to load so you think the load time just the menu the non-load time feature is really going to affect digital purchases as opposed to discs. Well, no, no, it's going to it's going to be for all of them, but you're basically going to have to download anything that's actually on that disc. Like, oh, so yeah. you put it in the yeah. disc and then okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be downloaded huh. to the system. Which is has a, has a Blu-ray player been confirmed yet? Not as such, on, but if it's I, going to read I wouldn't be surprised. PS4 games, I wouldn't be surprised if they excluded it to be honest with you. If it's going to read PS4 dying. games, it's got to have the same drive in there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, for backwards compatibility, I mean that they're that's basically fair. printed on a on a Blu-ray. So that's fair, but like I know, actual hard Blu-ray discs are dying. I mean, yeah, at this they point. could. Yeah, they could. They could have a Blu-ray drive, not purchase the license to play Blu-rays, and so it would be a Blu-ray drive that can't play Blu-rays to save them money. So they can to play Shay's the old point, PS4 games, but not actually be a Blu-ray player. To Shay's point, what's funny right. about this is there was a time in our life where a Blu-ray drive was a selling point for a console. <laughs> now it's like more than an afterthought. Yeah, it was even a generation it ago. It mm-hmm. literally was like six years ago. And that's, that's, cra- like, that's always crazy and always humbling to think about with technology, such as this whenever we have these kind of conversations. We kind of have to keep it in, in perspective because it's like six years ago, like we didn't even have 4k or 4k we, we had it but it was like super high end super pricey it was only on PCs, couldn't basically. even get into yeah. it because it was for like the elite you know rich who had that money and a blu-ray was a selling point and now we're we're hitting 8k and we're kind of like you know in perspective we're like oh we don't really need that you know realistically we don't but it's like it's almost a level, not, I don't want to say jaded, but like, it's a step below that where we're like, oh, we don't even need that right now. But it's like, dude, like, think where we were just at like six yeah. years ago. It's kind of well, crazy to think about that. It's, it's hard to tell if it's newer technology because a lot of the stuff, I mean, you look at the Xbox and they gave us a bunch of stuff that we said we didn't need and no one did. Like, oh, it's a DVR. You can... Do all this like nobody fucking needs that anymore. Like I've yeah. I don't think I've well, met they, anyone they who pays yeah. for cable in the last ten years. Like yeah. well, in Xbox they pivoted from that initial thing where they yeah. were trying to sell it as like mm-hmm. you're all everything box. Yeah, um, but that's yeah, yeah that was so weird. I now. like I remember that whole campaign happening, and I was like, like this <laughs> yeah. is literally not what anyone wanted. No, not <laughs> no, a single no. person was like, man, I mm-hmm. could just I wish. I'm sure there were some people, actually, I shouldn't say that, but, you know, for the vast majority of people, I don't think people were clamoring for, oh, I want everything in one box, you know, like, I I think from like a, even from like an electronic standpoint, you should never have everything in one electronics device, like a phone, like phones are great because you can do a lot of things, 
but to do literally everything on your phone is asinine because you will drain that battery so yep. quick. There are just like precise things you can't do with a phone. So obviously you need a computer uh, still in this day and age. And like for, for Microsoft yeah. to think it was a good idea to do that was just a little weird. But like you said, Morgan, they pivoted off of that and they, yeah. they, um, they came around and it's going to be interesting to see what Sony does and like how it seems like they're kind of doing more or less what they've always done. They're just, you know, boosting up their specs and it's going to be interesting to see how Microsoft responds, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, that's cool. Okay. Fish, was there any other specs you didn't get the rundown? This is nice. It's been um, good so far. Yeah, the last one is it will support uh, the PS4, uh, PSVR. Okay. Um, whether or not big, they're coming out with a new headset, we don't know. for your boy, Morgan. And see, that's yeah, something I'd I have to imagine they would, the just since the, the resolution for the original PSVR is pretty low uh, <laughs> compared to the rest of the market. So As long as it's still compatible, but if they came out with a new mm -hmm. one, that would be nice if they, if they did. As long as it so does the qual the quality of the actual here's the thing I always wondered because I know that the headset resolution matters but like with a much stronger console and even with the same headset can you still get better performance with your VR games right? Uh, it depends how they're coded really because yes they can res you know like basically anything that is not going to allow them to like really mess with the internal game settings it's not gonna make a big difference but at least you shouldn't ever have any sort of pop in or anything like that it should it st should still run smoother mm -hmm. but if games want to have a patch for the ps5 to allow it to actually take advantage of stuff and increase you know resolute or not resolution but increase graphics settings uh they mm -hmm. they could do that it, it is okay. an option for them they're not going to be able to increase the resolution because that's still limited from the, you know, the original hardware. But since it's running on a much more, much, much more powerful system, they could, they could definitely make it look a little prettier. And this is huge for me as the VR guy, and hopefully for a lot of people who are on the fence because they say, hey, look, if I throw down on a VR unit, it's in it's theory not, not going to go... Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's something that they're at least um planning on investing into long term mm -hmm. um which is nice um because i know people are always worried about that and you know like i always tell you guys it comes down to the quality of the developer because when you play something like moss or astrobot i i don't ever leave those games saying like oh, i wish they look better they look great they look fine it's it's mm -hmm. it's the middling middle of the road stuff that you're like you know it's it really just comes i'm not saying that if they look better it's a bad thing i'm really curious what no man's sky looks like all i'm saying is if the with the right developers games still look great in that headset you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. it's, it's just, they just do. This this conversation worries me a little bit because, like, having just recently experienced all the game, those games with PSVR, like, I see the potential for it there. Like, it has a ton of potential. Like, they have a decent group of games for the VR headset, and... It worries me in the sense that, like, kind of what we were talking about before the podcast, where you kind of, you you look at how the Xbox Connect panned out, where, you know, during the 360 era, it was really hyped up, 
people were going crazy over it and getting it, and it was just hyped up to be like the next evolution of gaming. People got into it for a little while, and then Morgan, you made a great point. It kind of died down shortly thereafter. It was more of like a trend than than you know a mainstay. And then the Xbox One tried integrating it into its system, like it built a second. A generation of a connect and it tried integrating it in the sense of like instead of using a controller you could just tell your xbox what to do using the connect which was an awesome feature but it wasn't high enough of a selling point to actually keep the connect around the support wasn't there not enough people were developing games and eventually eventually the technology just died like within the first year of the xbox one being released the connect was already dead and I would venture yeah. to say even before that it was dead. But Yeah, it was fast. Yeah, yeah. it was very quick. And yeah. considering the, the, the PSVR, only thing that, you know... Yeah. The, the only thing that I think kind of dip, makes a huge difference here is that there's still a VR community on PC as well. Like, high-end VR. Like, significantly, yes. significantly higher-end than the PSVR already is. And if they transfer you know, the, the basic games they already have from PS4 over to the PS5 and then have, you know, eventually a different headset to go with it and everything else. I feel like because people who are, you know, doing VR and on, on PC are going to have more incentive to port stuff over to the PS4 and, and whatnot. Like, I, I feel like the community is kind of, there's a thread to follow through this transition a lot more yes. than the Kinect had. Um, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's definitely a greater itself. community there. There's Josh definitely a greater community yeah. there. Josh kind of took my point, but I was just going to say that it's like VR as a technology is kind of everywhere, not just on PlayStation, as opposed to the Kinect, where it wasn't like anybody else was really trying to get into that weird. Yeah, no I mean, there the no only doubt. thing really by comparison was like, I mean, place Sony had been trying it since the PS2 with the uh, the different you know, eye toys and stuff like that, but yeah, not in any Real serious niche. manner. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just hoping that people don't like view it as kind of like how the connect went, where it's just like, well, I want to get into VR, but te- maybe the better technology is coming. I'm just going to keep waiting. I'm just going to keep waiting. And then mm-hmm. they, you know, the new ones released and then the, the hype for it is just completely gone. And, you know, to counteract my own concern and worry, you know, Nintendo just released their own Labo VR. And so to me, that that signals that, like, clearly there's a market there. Otherwise, Nintendo, I don't think, would have just really jumped into it completely. And I, I feel like this has more legs than the Kinect or the PlayStation Move when it was just the Move by itself before it became the VR, you know. I, I feel like yeah. there's more legs for VR, I just hope that what ends up happening is not how it's been with this PS4 generation where there are a few good games, but they go so far under the radar that they become just these cult hits. And then, you know, yeah. uh, AAA developers don't really see it as a marketable kind of thing. You know, I mean, obviously we had Skyrim come out for the PSVR. We had Doom. Um, we had, you know, there were a few, oh, Resident Evil 7, of course, we had a few, there were a few, like, big name titles, but it, it hasn't seen that kind of flourish, and I don't know if that's due to, like, 
companies being skeptical or it's due to how much time and resources they have to put in to make a VR game or it's the money factor. I don't know what it really is. And, you know, that obviously we could speculate. And I think that's something that we would have to hear behind the scenes of like someone like a developer who has thought about making these VR games, but, you know, hasn't actually done it. It would be interesting to pick pick one of their brains apart regarding that. But yeah, it's, I just, my, my hope with the VR is that it becomes more of a mainstay going forward into gaming, because I think I definitely and absolutely am an advocate for it. And I, I think there's a market for it. Yeah. I I think that the trick Shay is like, what I hope is that, they understand i don't think it'll ever flourish i i would like to be wrong maybe that one game comes out maybe it's a no man's sky or something that just explodes but i i feel like they know like hey maybe in five years we'll only said send uh sell 10 million copies of this thing right and that's still a success in their eyes i think they know kind of where it's at i think the trick is the software can still sell a lot which benefits them as well like in resident evil 8 drops if they sell sell an extra 2 million copies on vr right or the Astrobot sequel. Like they still see that ramification. So the software can still be successful as well. And I think that's key. But um anyways, we don't have to talk about VR the whole time. But I, I, I did want to say one more thing I'm happy that before to we see move that. on. Yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead. I I, yeah. I think the I think the way that it would become a like more prominent uh addition to the main console would be if that next level of a game came out for the VR. Like you know, we had Skyrim that dropped, you know, eight years, almost eight years ago now, about seven and a half years ago now. If the next, like, like phenomenon like that dropped for VR, then we would absolutely see an influx of yeah, yeah. Uh, v- VR be, you know, at the forefront of gaming, gamers' minds and in the gaming world. You know, I don't know what that next. Yeah. I'm not saying I want the next Skyrim for VR. I'm just say. saying there's got to I mean, be that next phenomenon there. Yeah, just I headsets. almost feel like that That's was kind of what Resident Evil Seven was. Like the new Resident Evil was in VR. Like it wasn't exclusively in VR, and I don't think anyone's ever gonna make a game of that scale exclusively in VR. But I feel like that was a great jumping-on point for a lot of people. But then again, it was but a horror, horror game. Horrors, is a yeah. horror, horror is a hard thing to sell. A lot of people right. like it. Is. Um, I think that's scary. a little less accessible than something like a Skyrim, where yeah. literally anyone from any age can jump in mm-hmm. and play. You know where what it would Resident have to Evil, take? like Resident Evil Seven, was, I think, in all intents and purposes, a great game. And I, I agree with you to most points. I think it was a good jumping in point because that game, that game is like. Yeah. It's a night and day difference when you play it um, just normally and then you play it on the VR yeah. headset. As Morgan has detailed, as he said, it changed his life, you know, all that time ago. And I can see that being the case, but it's going to bar people, you know, like, oh, yeah. man, I can't yeah. do scary yeah, games. Yeah, horror you know? is just, it's always going to be a limited genre just because it's scary. Like, full stop. Like, not everyone yeah. wants that experience especially not everyone wants that experience in VR to feel like they are there. Like that's just, yeah, that's yeah. fucking nuts. And that's, like that's and not that's everyone's going to okay want that. If, it, yeah. if it stays, yeah, in a smaller market, but still successful, I think mm-hmm. it's fine. I think it's okay. I think it's realistically, you know, Shay, in order I think it would take, and this would never happen, but this is what would do it. Imagine this. Okay. Our listeners, everyone here, close your eyes and imagine a world where the only way you can play 
Elder Scrolls 6 is on a VR headset. There's no regular version. People mm. would run out and buy headsets because that's the only way they could play it, but that would never I, happen. I don't know about that. Like, I, I, let, let me be the first to say I'm absolutely excited for Elder Scrolls 6, but there is a huge asterisk next to it because of the recent track record of Bethesda. You know, Bethesda for a while there like and we talked about yeah. this in previous podcasts they were you know they were the top tier they were the model for other gaming companies to go after and i think and we talked about this we don't need to go into great detail so i just think that recently the, the only reason i, I don't, think I, th- I think they've taken some of their goodwill and i think that you know they've made some choices that have unfortunately um frustrated or angered it, yeah a good they've, deal of their fan base, it's and been they've stretching lost some thin. of that goodwill. Yeah, it, it has been, it has definitely been stretching thin with their last but, several games. But I would but. like, I would like to offer, I would like to counter offer something, Morgan. If we got the new Mass Effect in the similar style as the first three, not as um, Andromeda in VR only, then I think we could see. Would it be first person? How would that? What would it be? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, weird. Well, that's bold in itself, right there. (laughs) I mean, third person to first person. I I think that would be. I think that would be something like that would be where we would see VR take off. The the only reason I Morgan, just think about it. You could. You could. I know this goes right up your alley. You could nail Alien bitches and be in first person (laughs) view to see it. Uh, Well, believe me, I. I'm all about that life. The only reason I mentioned uh, Skyrim is because people cried at a press conference where they just showed the title and music. There were people crying on the internet, yeah, crying at the place. Come on. Those people are lunatics, all right? And I love them all, but I'm just saying. They, they were crying, and then Fallout 76 came out. Really? See, did, does Fallout mm. 76 actually... You're the biggest Skyrim person I know, Shay. Come on, realistically here, I, I don't... Do you feel like that actually has affected your excitement of Skyrim? of Elder Scrolls 6. Yes. Really? Okay. Well, that's, that's why I just that's why I literally just said there's I an just asterisk don't, next to it. I just don't it. yeah, I'm just I literally just said that. I, as a developer, yes, but I just I feel like there's just so much goodwill for that. It's like hard to fuck it up, you know. Well, who knows? You know, Maybe you're right. I if you remember like I was a huge Skyrim stand, but I don't know if you guys remember this like well, Fish doesn't cuz he was off doing whatever he was doing. But during the SPD days you know i had said that i thought oblivion was a i think i think oblivion was a better game than skyrim um i thought skyrim you know had a lot of things going for it you know they they included um dragons and giants and like some really cool creatures in the game and obviously visually Mm -hmm. yes that too and it was much more (laughs) impressive um in scale and visuals but I think the story just wasn't as interesting. You know, a lot of those guilds weren't as um, action-packed or full of story. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of like a watered-down version of Oblivion, and I think that's what's really been happening with Bethesda lately, which is well, why... You know, I don't mean to get yeah. on this whole Bethesda train. Yeah, we, we had a Bethesda show. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> tangent you point being yeah. is, we- Point being is simply this. I don't think... I like where your head's at, Morgan. I. I don't think Elder Scrolls 6 would be the one to send VR over the top. I think it would be something like, for me, 
And I, I think mm. it would be the case because there were three amazing games. They had one bad game. Um, if they did like a Mass Effect in VR, something like that, or I don't, yeah. I don't know yeah, what it would be like. Maybe like, Universal Kojima returns well, and yeah. comes back, and they make the new Metal Gear Solid in VR, something well, like that. Let, let me, some crazy. Let me rephrase my point because your point's well taken. I'll rephrase this, and then we can get off the VR stuff. Imagine some universally loved game that's only released in VR and is universally great. That was my point. It's just something that everyone has to play, a Zelda, a Skyrim, something, and that would never happen because no one's willing to be that brave. I mean, it just won't. Even Resident Evil 7 was on a console. So, um, yeah, yes. I, think you would, that- I, think, I, think, I think you're right, and I think, that's, I think we're kind of talking out of our asses at this point, unfortunately, because think about how... I think essentially, I'm sorry if I piss any listeners off by saying what I'm about to say. I don't mean it entirely rudely, but think about some of those those gamers or the people who say they're involved in the gaming community who complained enough about the fact that there were exclusives to consoles and they felt gated because they couldn't play certain games. And they whined and bitched enough over however many generations of consoles until finally a lot of a lot of developers have been caving and they've been like, fine, you know, we're going to start offering these games to both consoles. And it's it's made the consoles feel kind of samey now. And if they were to do that with a VR headset where they were to make like a top tier AAA developer game VR only people would lose their fucking minds because they'd feel gated. And I, you know what? Yes. I think that's, I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. That kind of, that's where the industry has gone. I don't think that's like a mate, like (sighs) the solitary major issue. I'm not here to know, have a diatribe about how fucked up, you know, the, the, the console wars or whatever you like all that, yeah. All that buzz about it. Like, I'm not here to complain about it. I'm just yeah. simply saying. I don't know. I think that. I feel like I think the Dreamcast that... would disagree. Considering <laughs> that it basically got entirely killed by Sony by basically doing the exact same thing. Um, but. I, well. Yeah. I just. I, I don't. I, yeah. I just wish that. The funny thing is, VR, it's no different like than the, like a the game VR community on. on the PlayStation. I wish they felt like they could. They could develop, like, one developer felt like they could make a game exclusively at that scale, that amazing, for the PSVR, and not get, you know, get ripped through the ass about it being exclusive on the VR, exclusive on being the PlayStation, and it could get enough buzz generated for the PlayStation VR. Well, I think well, that's what Astro- it's going to feel like. VR only. A- I feel like just any VR game, period. Like, even if it's just VR on anything. It's it like I feel like that's his own unique community, like kind of separated from it is, PC yeah, or console. Yeah. Just like there, there's there's a you know a couple things here and there that are only on one system, but for the most part, basically all those games are on all the VR platforms they possibly can be because the community yeah. is so small. Um, and I think that's fine. I think that's um, I I kind of feel like it needs to be its own thing, kind of kind of the way like you were saying basically everything's on everything at this point you know any console any you know pc whatever you want i i feel like it should just be the same thing with with vr games but i feel like i do feel like vr itself needs to be kind of a 
its own ecosystem. Like, I don't think we need a lot more games that are VR as an option because I don't feel like those are really doing it a service. Like, it's just it, it's it's kind of its own thing, and it needs to be its own thing. Um, yeah, and even if and they're confusing because you have to yeah. like go into the game and then go to the VR mode, and it's weird. Yeah, I yeah, yeah I agree with that. Yeah. Um. All right, so th- that was our VR podcast. Thanks for joining us for our, uh, <laughs> the VR discussion, um, where we talked out our ass. Oh, just unfortunate because Fish was so quiet because he has the prettiest ass of all of us. I know uh, it's a damn shame. That uh, talking would have been so pretty. So let's get to some comments because I think rest the rest of our thoughts with the PS5 will come out as we read some of these comments uh, every Thursday at Sword Chomp on Instagram. We will try to get our community involved. We'll pick some of our favorite questions, concerns, whatever it is, and read them and respond to them. So I'm just going to throw these out there, and let's just light them up, as, um, as one might say. Um, so I'm going to try and pick some of the ones that express some of our concerns or fears or levels of excitement um, or just made me laugh, because there's a bunch in there that, that very much did that. Um, <laughs> uh, so. Let's see. MJG Punk 23 said yes and no. I'm excited, but a lot of this is based on who I am. Um, I am. Before we go on, you want to say what the actual question was? Since uh, yes yeah, and yeah, no doesn't so, really respond to much if well, they don't know what they're responding I, to. Yes, yes, I'm getting there. But Thank yes, you. you're right. So basically, the question had to do with whether or not we were ex- ready for a new console. Okay. Because, you know, that's a lot of money to throw down. And. A lot of us are still playing our current generation consoles and enjoying them very much. And then, well, here's the next generation. That's exciting, but at the same time, kind of scary, right? Uh, uh, and now we did a poll. I just wanted just to make sure it was there right. for people who hadn't seen the poll. Yeah, no, no. Good catch, Josh. Good catch. Um, absolutely. So, because sometimes I'll get ahead of myself. Now, the poll we did was 60% of our audience said that they were excited for this, which surprised me. But that's still pretty high. Um, they said, yes, bring on the new consoles. But uh, we want the reason we did the question of the week was to get a little bit more information as to why. Um, so uh, he said yes and no, but a lot of this is based on A, I'm excited because as a lifelong gamer, fuck yes, give me new tech, and or B, as a soon-to-be first-time father, I know I ain't got time or money for that shit, <laughs> um, which is a fair concern with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this will be the first console launch since I was a child where I will have to stick with the old tech since I am more interested in Sony's roadmap on how they will support for but i just built a new pc so i'm pretty okay with that as the moment um yeah and then i did talk to him a little further on the chat and he just said cheers i'll tell i'll probably do it 180 once it's launched and come around to it but (laughs) um that's those are fair concern yeah what i would say to this person in particular um that i have always felt especially as even someone with another kid on the way two kids and time frustrations as it is doing you know working and doing stuff for the podcast um one thing that's brought me comfort is every year i have about enough money for one big gift to myself usually with a tax return even with my busy life this year was a 4k tv uh last year it was the switch um every year usually i usually get money from a tax return or one big thing to myself so when I look at this console, I say, hey, if this is next year, maybe this will be the one big gift to myself as long as the Xbox doesn't also launch 
that year, and that'll be fine, even though it's usually dictated by the game. So I don't really worry about the money thing so much anymore. I think most people can find a way to give to give themselves a present, but um, it's expensive. You know, it's uh, it's not easy to shell down five hundred dollars for for anything, and I think people feel that pressure. You know, like, oh shit, I want to keep up with the games. I'm going to have to throw down $500 and then I'm going to have to buy a game with it and maybe an extra. You know, it starts to mount. You start to feel it. So, like, those are my thoughts. Yeah. You know what? If somebody, if somebody saved a dollar every day until it launched from oh, here, here on out, they would have probably have enough for a PS5. Just saying. Take yeah, $1 out of your so day. So, get a jar. Yep. Get a jar. Put uh-huh. a little sticker on it that says PS5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should yeah. do that, yeah, Fish. You really you should. should. Start this and jar. then on release day, take it to, take it to the store yeah. and make some poor cashier's life miserable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like, I, like, I like where you go with that. Fish, you can't throw this idea out if you don't keep up with it. Are you going to practice what you preach? Um, That's what I want to hear, Fish. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to send you daily reminders to put a dollar in the jar. Uh, <laughs> Fish has got expendable income. He's like, I ain't worried about money, guys. <laughs> this That's jar right. ain't for me. <laughs> I, I like to be optimistic and think that I will have that money mm-hmm. when that time comes. This, this is what Fish is going to do. He has two jars. He goes to the jar mark stripper fund and he just pours all of that money into the PS5 jar. Huh. So you already have all the money you need. <laughs> yeah, basically. Just with a simple transfer of the jars. <laughs> the jar transfer. The scientific transfer of jars. Just, just, take, just remove the label off of one and place it on the other one. Uh, I like it. I like it. Uh. Uh, this is a good one. Revis9145 said, Nah, I learned my lesson with the PS4. I got that thing the first year, and I had to wait three years for good games to come out. Mm-hmm. Now, that is, that is a valid concern. But I'll let you guys yeah. respond to this first, because I have a counter-argument yeah. for this. My, my, my counter-argument there is that it is backwards compatible this time. So if Damn it, you stole my counter-argument, yeah. no, like That's, ah, that's, that's ah. it. Like if if you have why put are you off getting mad? You literally said systems. I'll let you go first. <laughs> you, you always do this. Like act like you have a major scoop, and then get surprised <laughs> when one of those else, somebody else has it. <laughs> I got the scoops that'll end all scoops. Here. <laughs> Damn, they knew about the compatibility. Uh, but 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 no. Like if if this is, I. This is a huge maybe, but I feel like the five is going to be a good jumping on point with the 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 library that the four has because, like we mentioned early, basically nothing is exclusive anymore, and the few exclusives this generation greatly favored the PlayStation over the Xbox. Um, so having access mm-hmm. to that catalog, if you're not up to date, should be a massive selling point uh, for the PS5. Um. So yeah, like that's 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 reason enough if yep. you missed something. Um, if you're up to date, that's not as much of a selling point. But if you're up to date, you're probably also the sort of person who just kind of prioritizes gaming in the first place. So 
you'll probably be buying it because it's the new thing anyway. Is kind of my thoughts on it anyway. But we'll we'll see once it gets close to release. Um, my my big fear, seeing everything they've announced so far, is that it's just going to be an expensive console. Um, very expensive, or else have hard drive issues the way you know the original 360 did where that initial console didn't have a big enough hard drive to play anything um for the life cycle of that machine so that's i'll put money on it right now 499 anybody want to take that bet it's gonna be at least 800 or it's gonna be there's no way piece of shit no way like they're not gonna they're not gonna sell an 800 console josh that's insane SD well, hard drives well, are about- so expensive right now, and they're saying that they've got new tech for their own SD drive that's supposed to be yeah. significantly, significantly faster than anything on the market. It's it's an $800 console, or it's going to be, yeah, like, yeah. Like, just, just from what they've announced so far, e- either $800 or the leaked release date for next year is way off. So, and that's, that has not been confirmed by them at all. And it's not really been anybody reputable at all either. So the whole next year thing is very iffy at this point. However, like next holiday season would be a good time to launch. So I'll put money on next year too. I'll do it. I'll throw all my money out there. Fish, you were going to say something. What are you going to say? I was just gonna say, I w- I wouldn't put it past this corporation that they might just up up the uh, price on it, just like you know how iPhone is doing with their iPhones mm-hmm. or Apple's doing with their iPhones. And yeah, yeah. Samsung you go, you go. Not just Apple either. All of them. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. You go there and you're paying for a few years to buy a thousand dollar phone. Like if you're, right. if you're I'm a thousand dollar phone, if you don't think that consoles are going that direction, I think you're vastly missing the mark there i i i just i think 500 dollars is about borderline but i'm gonna put i'm gonna do a poll on that yeah 500 i think it's gonna be closer to a thousand than 500 that's your borderline that's your borderline yeah yeah that's my borderline yes why don't why don't we i got i got a really good idea why don't like right here on the podcast we make a bet to see who can get the closest to being the okay. initial price point mm. for now, granted, there's going to be different versions of the console. Some will price sell more than others. Let's make it a point for like the base console, what we think it's going to sell for. You guys want to do that? I mean, we could. I mean, be fun. Gonna, like, I feel like I'm they could have an arcade it. version it. for five hundred, well, but it's going to be a worthless machine, kind of like the arcade version of the three sixty yeah, was. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm, think that's mm-hmm. well. We disagree there, right. but I mean, let's, it's gonna. Let's what do would it. we let's bet? Do it. Let's do it. What, let's make a bet betting? right what now. What are we betting? Fish. How much do you think it's gonna be? Six hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Okay. <laughs> oh God, are you high today? Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go five ninety nine ninety nine. That's where I think it's gonna be at for the base okay. console. Base. 
All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna qualify this because I have no idea what they're gonna call base, but for a two terabyte model, which I think should be base if they're going to have the whole no load times be a selling point and everything's gonna have, everything's gonna have to be downloaded, um, even if it's on a disc, two terabytes should be base. It might not be, but it should be. Um, okay. I think for that, I was initially saying 800. Like that, that was my, those my initially 800, but I think it could be lower if they're willing to sell it at a loss, depending on how much they're willing, wanting to push it. But between seven and 800 is probably what I'd think for the base You have to model. pick a price, Josh. Fish gave us down to the cent. He did, but. And then he gave I us the too. weird Dr. All right, for, for the two terabyte model, it, it, whether it's base or not, for the two terabyte, it's going to be 800. All right. Okay. And Morgan? Yeah, uh, I will stand by 500. I think there'll be a bundle with ga- a game and extra stuff for 599. All right. So now the fans in. have heard it. We're committed. We're locked and loaded. What happens? What happens if someone loses the bet? Mm. What happens? Well, we have the. How about this? We'll decide <laughs> the bet stuff maybe later. No, no, we no. We got to decide it now. No, we got to decide it now, because if we don't decide it now, we'll forget about it, and nothing will come of it. We got to decide it now. How about this? Okay, how about, how about this? this? Loser, nope. loser has to jerk off. <laughs> no, I got, yeah. I got a good one. I got, ooh, Limp Biscuit. We got to play Limp Biscuit. Uh, you know what that game is? It's real gross. You have to, everyone, you get in a circle, and everyone jerks off in the biscuit, and the last guy to nut in the biscuit has to eat all the biscuits. That sounds intimate. Really get the fuck is wrong there. with you? I, it's a real thing. No, it's not. It up. I, no, it's not. I didn't, no one has yes, ever a, done that. It's a real. Yeah, Google. I won't. No, okay, it's not. I'll Google it. Okay, not okay, without Urban Dictionary more meth than we can afford as, as a, a reputable group. Fish site brought Morgan. it up. I didn't even mention it. I didn't bring it up. I was just going to say we jerk each other off. But <laughs> I do that how, every Friday. How is that, like that any different from normal? Well, you know, I jumped around to the biscuit conversion. Right. That's true. Okay, I got an idea. I just assumed idea. there was a biscuit I there. I got an idea. Who, whoever is wrong, they have to get a henna tattoo of Sword Chomp on their chest, and then take mm. a picture so the fans can see it. Mm. I would do a real tattoo. I, I want to get a real tattoo on my chest anyway. But how about this? Well, that's hardly or, a punishment then. If we all pitched in. What if we all pitched in $50 and it could even be from our funds or whatever, and the winner gets we've uh, tuned it all together toward their PlayStation 5? No. Because that's not degrading. I want something degrading. This is uplifting. I don't want uplifting. I want degrading. I want happiness and joy. And and they have to get a henna. How about both? And they have to get a henna tattoo. There you go. Both. Wait, so you want the losers have to get a henna tattoo? Yeah. That sounds like a win. I'd love to get a sword charm tattoo. Yeah, me too. Okay, well then... I, I would feel great. The Tinder swipes would be rolling in for fish. He takes mm-hmm. those shirtless photos <laughs> with the... Exactly. He'd become 25 All of a sudden he's getting super likes out of nowhere. It's like... <laughs> and Yeah, and it's like you said, free advertising. <laughs> Actually, that's a kind of a good point. 
that's of that's losers, our unique marketing strategies. We go to Tinder. How about this? Losers have to get we a gaming related tattoo. So tattoo off. Losers have to get a gaming related tattoo within a month of the release. And I'm not getting a real tattoo. I'll get a I'll get a fake don't tattoo. No, oh, don't be. You. I'll get a real one. I'll up the auntie. That's right. I'll do it. Okay. No, but it can be I a gaming tattoo, a tattoo, so it can be anything you've ever wanted. Like, it could, you could get Zelda, it could be, like, I've always wanted to get, like, a Donkey Kong or a Tomb Raider thing on my arm. I like don't a want a tattoo. Or... Hmm. Well, it's not a, it's, well, then it's degrading for you, and you wanted degrading, so there you go. <laughs> I actually have a really good idea. I actually have a really good idea. I have a different idea. How about this? The losers, they have to get shit-faced and try and stream a game together online. That's just a regular Friday night. No, but you have to be fucking shit-faced trying to play a video game. Mm-mm. What if I poison myself and I die of alcohol poisoning? Have you seen my yeah, stream? We'll, we'll get a better host. It'll be a tragedy. <laughs> have, you ever, have, you ever watched, <laughs> have you ever watched Josh's stream? <laughs> he gets wasted. I really... I'm... Yeah. It's not financially viable as much scotch as I go through on my stream. It's, uh... <laughs> well, then you just buy a cheap bottle of Everclear and just pound it. <laughs> I, I've already got one. I, uh, I, oh, I bought one they... intending to make my own bitters at some point, and I've never gotten around to it. So I, I have a bottle I think of Everclear that's what just is. sitting there with, uh, I think with that's my what name it on is. it. I mean, it's, pretty lo- it's a pretty low-key bet. The losers have to get fucking shit-faced right, well, and then play a game together. We all, we all throw a bunch of... St- we threw a bunch of shit out there. Let's all vote. Fish, what's your vote? What's what's it gonna be? Mm, I really like the tattoo one, but I think we've all. I I think it's not a degrading thing for me. So I have it. Uh, I I do I do like the idea of getting shit face on a stream, though I don't think you can actually do that on Twitch. Now that I think about it, like if you get too belligerent on Twitch, they'll actually do something on i'm pretty sure they'll they'll give you some sort of ban i think it depends if you're an angry drunk or not i mean if you're saying yeah. if you're nice enough i don't think like they'll that, have a problem. Sure. yeah if it yeah. turns out you get just a slightly bit you know drunk and have yeah, feelings about the irish face. they they probably will <laughs> you know shut your stream down but uh yeah of course yeah all right so a tattoo okay. and fifty dollars it is i like it all right <laughs> That's that's one vote. That literally was one vote. About yeah. tattoo and twenty five dollars. Oh, now you're speaking my language. Twenty five dollars less. That means you get a hundred dollars toward your PS five, and you have to Does get it? a small, real. It means you get seventy five dollars. Oh shit, that's right. Because you're getting twenty five <laughs> of your own back. <laughs> okay, well then thirty five. Let's oh, even it out. Morgan, <laughs> Morgan, Morgan. <laughs> I was counting all four of us. Come on. That's an easy mistake to make. All right. I mean, like, if I, I win, I like that. I'm not getting an actual tattoo. I'll get a, I'll get a fake tattoo, but I ain't getting a real tattoo. I ain't about that life. All, right, all the pain, of us, none of the permanency. Here, permanency. Right? Yeah. Are, are I, you, I are you doing that. toxic masculinity right now, Morgan? Yes. <laughs> I'm toxically masculinating you into a tattoo. It's not happening. It could be a tiny one. It's it not could happening. be like a little star right above your butt crack. 
legit like you legitimately you one should of the do reasons that. why you I should don't. get little uh, no like no like, i completely unrelated to the bet you should have a little asterisk put there just right there just just turn the butthole into an asterisk yeah, yeah. yeah. just put a little super like above your <laughs> asshole legitimately it a lot of places in Japan won't allow you in if you have a tattoo. Now, I get that you're talking about a butthole tattoo, but fuck <laughs> off. That's got to be painful as shit. You could hide... Well, no pun you intended. Could, you could put the tattoo well, that's, somewhere that's that's if I get a tattoo. Yeah. Hold on, clothes. listen, listen, <laughs> please. If you get a tattoo here, I couldn't go to any hot springs whatsoever. I couldn't go to yeah. any kind of workout gyms whatsoever at all i couldn't go like, play basketball i couldn't yeah work out. no I couldn't no do like any that, of that, that really does it, I, it I, really if limits I got anywhere even remotely visible i could never show it to my students mm-hmm. it's just That's not a japan worth thing? Yeah, yeah japan sucks no ta- tattoos in japan are a yakuza thing they'd be really confused yeah, as go. to why such a oh pasty, yeah. thin <laughs> yakuza was you know even allowed in the first place the but they'd still be slightly scared of him <laughs> you could teach a yakuza English. Yeah. There you go. You probably get right. paid big bucks for doing that. Well, look. This is why I didn't want to fight about this on the podcast. I knew we weren't going to be able to decide because we can never decide on anything. Yeah. <laughs> the... Well, that's fine. But Let's fine. Just go the tattoo, tattoo for five dollars thing. It's Shade. just I'll get the fake tattoo. You guys get the real tattoo. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. So it gets a hundred dollars off. We take our Patreon you've already, uh, money you've for already that lowered month, it, and it goes to the winner. You've already lowered it. It's yeah. staying take at our, I'm fine with 35 month. So it's 100 bucks 35. off of whatever the PS5 I'm is. I'm fine with $5 yeah. now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. 35 and is henna. fine. $5 in your henna tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> this segment. Oh, my yeah, God. Bro. Let's go, let's go $35 in Thanks, Shay. I can call it on uh, <laughs> All right. That's it. We did it on the air. It was messy, but we got it. So, you're welcome. Um, I had flashbacks of Game of the Year here for a second. <laughs> Fisher the tiebreaker, come on. A game you never played, can you get it in the top five? <laughs> God. Now I'll get a PTSD now. Okay. Well, it's better than some of those other things we talked about before the podcast that haven't. A T and a D in them. Um, <laughs> oh, and an S. S, yeah, it's got all the letters in it. Um, all right. So <laughs> just say it. <laughs> uh, let's just, <laughs> you just swap them around. Um, so, Dougie, uh, Dougie Lee 631 says, I want to hold off until the library has some good titles. Um, I'm sure it will out the gate, but I don't want to buy PS5 just to play PS4 games. But, again, that the backwards compatibility, as we talked about, gives you a little bit of a safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, to move on there, which I think is nice. Uh, Danny P518 said, Hell yeah, I'm excited. Consoles have been in my life since the NES, and this is extremely exciting to me. Um, a 2013 launch window for the Xbox One PS4, there were whispers that this was the last generation of physical consoles. Fast forward to 2019, and we have Google coming to the ring as another fighter, and if they are successful, guys, this may yeah. be the end for physical consoles as we know it. Yeah. Um, I think for Google to be successful in their bid for that, they're going to have to start massively laying some new line. They've been doing that over the last several years in major cities. They really have. Google Fiber is probably your best bet for internet for the price in most major cities at this point. 
but that's still not most of the country. It's still not most of the world. And they're really going to have to step their game up for that console. You know, not even a console for, for you know, their, for their platform to be successful because internet is still complete dog shit in the States. Um, yeah. And an online only console is, that is a huge (sighs) sell unless they step up to the plate and start actually making, you know, the internet infrastructure in the States better than it is. So no worry about the Google thing. The only thing I would say to this comment that, I would keep in mind, it's a fair concern, and it's a great comment, but there was a lot of people that said that physical discs were not going to be a thing anymore. For years and years and years, I've heard, especially in the game media, a lot of people that, look, I love digital media as much as anyone. I buy it all the time, but it's all you ever hear. Oh, I'd never, I'm just going to buy digital, digital, digital. The reality is there's still millions and millions and millions of physical copies being sold, and there's even going to be a physical disc um, option on this console. And people said that that was going to be dead. So I don't think you have to worry about physical consoles being gone when we still have discs that we're still putting into them. That's my whole theory. Eh, I think it's about done. It's completely dead on PC. I've bought three discs in the entire generation of the PS4. This generation. Three discs in an entire generation. Um, If we count the Switch, the only things I bought physical were the Labo because... That was basically only physical only because you had to get all the cardboard with it. Um, and the bundle, because by the time I pre-ordered the Switch, the only options were bundled with a couple of games. Well, like well, others, other than that, for like, his, yeah. yeah I, I, physical is dead. And I don't think it strictly well, well, needs I, to can... be because of, uh, like I mentioned before, um, archival reasons. Like, just having a history of what games were at launch, I think, is really important still. Um, but as far as from a com- consumer standpoint goes, there's no reason for it. There's absolutely no reason for it. With the PS5, there will be zero reason for it, because for it to have no load times, it has to be downloaded completely. Like, it's, it serves no purpose anymore outside of having a backup uh, which which I think is great for anyone studying games, especially in like in, in any sort of course, teaching game design, teaching game appreciation, which I assume is going to be a thing in the not-so-far future. Um, yeah, I, I, well, as far as about, the consumer well, goes, I don't use it anymore. I just, I do not buy a, physical copies. Well, and I respect that from your angle. And I, that's why I value your opinion. But I don't think it's fair to say physical media is dead. I mean, that's, that's a huge... What about a retort from the man who... I was mocking his giant collection of new physical media the other day. Fish, who buys a lot of physical copies. How do you feel about uh, what Josh is saying? Uh, I mean, he's right. Like, there are as many... I think I actually have more digital games on my Switch than I do physical, but I do have quite a bit of physicals. I have about seven physical Switch games. And Why? Why do you still buy phys- half and half? I don't... Well, okay, so I buy games on there that are cheaper, the indie games, and the Switch is perfect for indie games, yeah. I think. And, like, the bigger games, like like Zelda and all that, like... 
for Zelda, like, it's nice to have a physical copy of that because that's such a big game, and I'm glad that I actually got a physical copy of that game. But yeah. there's some other games <laughs> that I bought yeah. that. Speaking of yeah, which, I, 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 it's, it's hilarious. After the fact, I bought the box for the Switch Zelda edition. So I have a box what? over in my house, just sitting running over, oh. right over there. Um, for the the version that. of the Switch that is uh, uh, that had Zelda packed in with it, because uh, it had like the uh, it had like a coin and it had the soundtrack. Because it was oddly enough, it was the only yeah. way to buy the soundtrack. You couldn't just go on like iTunes or Amazon or any oh, anywhere. Really? Like there was nowhere to get the soundtrack other than packed in with that Switch console that had Zelda with it. So. Uh, well, you're proving my point, though, yeah. Josh. As a collector, you wanted that box. There's a lot of collectors out there. I did, that and I paid like buying... thirty bucks for the box because somebody else didn't want it. What? Thirty? That's ins- you paid thirty dollars for a box for a box and a soundtrack. The soundtrack would have been about eighteen, fifteen to eighteen for a soundtrack. Anyway, that's and that's so intense. it was some, a couple extra bucks for box the box now. too. So yeah. I would have bought it all but digitally had it. I been able to, but they didn't have an option to buy it digitally. And it's not like Nintendo made that money. Somebody else did from having bought that bundle in the first place and then not wanting that I'm crap. Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying as somebody who likes to study game sales, they're still selling. There's like 30 million copies of, of Grand Theft Auto and 10 million copies of Zelda. They're, these, they're still selling a ton. Um, but I, I personally prefer digital as well. Yeah. That's why it's ironic that I have to make the I because I'm lazy and I like to just have everything on like the switch in particular. Mm-hmm. I hate those tiny fucking cartridges. They make me want to fucking rip my hair out. But I'm just saying that there is enough oh. people out there that like the physical. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm at the point where I'd rather buy a shirt for a game that I like it, to give them extra money if I want something physical in my house i'll buy a shirt i'll buy mm-hmm. like a collectible or something like that but i'd rather have just a digital copy just a gi- digital copy and then buy something else separately instead of having yeah. just a the, box uh, in the my instagram house. world is yeah. the instagram world is really uh alive with the collector people because they like to lay out their collections and take a picture of them or yeah. be like a you know yeah well i mean i still have all my collection from like everything up until this generation <laughs> Because mm-hmm. digital just wasn't a thing. Um, so I still, I have that and I appreciate it because it was kind of the way to buy games. But I don't feel like it, I don't think it should be going forward. It's just, there's, the upsides to it aren't as big as they used to be. And yeah, it's just, from a usability standpoint, it's not as useful as just having on there, like you said, especially on the Switch. Like, we should do a fi- yeah. we should do a topic of the week because I feel like we're getting off, tra- which is great, yeah, it's a great yeah, conversation. Yeah. But this whole this whole show has been like that. But I feel like we should do a topic of the week sometime, which is if you still defend physical media, not which yeah. you prefer, but for those that still defend physical media, why? You know? Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Anyways. Good stuff. Sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off, Josh. I'm just worried about <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I got you. We have been going on about completely unrelated topics most of the show today. <laughs> <laughs> this is our VR um, Bethesda slash uh, physical media debate show. 
it's been a good time. Um, so I just let's just do two more here because of the sake of time. Uh, I'll just try to grab a couple couple really good ones. This one just well, I didn't want to say it made me laugh because it was kind of sad, but it made me think of fish. Um, <laughs> because uh, this particular user Storm One Two Nine Two said that she lost her PS4 in a divorce. Um, so she's going to get the PS5 at launch week, which is a sad story that, um, that Fish can relate to because his wife mm. uh, also stole his PlayStation and he was too nice to take it back. That was um, the ex-wife. worst thing <laughs> you lost in the divorce, too. We went to play golf this week and I was like, you, we can't. It's because you don't have everybody's golf. It's a fucking tragedy because it was on his mm-hmm. PS4. Yeah. yeah. She got I'll, it. I'll, 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 I'm right there with uh, Storm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna wait until the PS5 drops for me to actually get a PS PlayStation at this point. And yeah. the fact that it is backwards compatible, like that's that's just fucking great. Like any games that do come out on the PS4 from mm-hmm. here on out until that launch, I could just easily pop it right into my PS5 and enjoy those games if those if any of those games actually interested me. But um, for for now, like the Xbox One X is fine and my switch and i feel like i could get enough gaming in there yeah yeah no like i feel like the the exclusives on the ps4 kind of already came and went like i feel like you got most of them and until the five hits i feel like like you said before between the xbox and the switch you're fine if you had a playstation and a switch you'd also be fine like i feel like until the five hits if you have one of them (gasps) stick with it and save up for the you know what though josh that's a good Mm -hmm. think about it i just just came to me while you were talking about that think about what you're just saying Mm -hmm. this would make me think that they're going to release the five sooner than later because they just killed all their ps4 pro sales right nobody's announcing it yes that's 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 the only reason i think next year could be a thing because otherwise with the whole if they didn't have the Gen Point Five, I wouldn't think it's a big deal at all, because sales yeah, generally yeah. kind of drop off. But there's never a massive drop. But because of the whole Gen Point Five thing that they've done this generation, which, man, I I, I don't want to get into this point, but I feel like they have completely demolished any sales of those going forward. No one's going to upgrade. Why would any person buy? Yeah, for for why would a anyone year. spend that? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's insane. So that would lead you to believe that That's, that, they would that maybe is, launch it sooner. Yes. The the only reason that I think next year could be a reasonable leak, even though it's uh-huh. only narrowed down to anywhere in next year, um, is because they have the Gen Point Five thing going on. The, the PS4, money, yeah. the Xbox One, whatever the fuck it's called. But um, yeah, the day they came out with that mm-hmm. news, even as just soon as it, they those sales, yeah, because it wasn't a leak. They intentionally had yeah. an interview with Wired explaining all this. That makes it seem like it's not too far out, which is why I was thinking it's it's it could be a more expensive system instead of waiting for you know cost of these components go to go down. So. Yeah, and yeah. they wouldn't kill their, and they like that money, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't kill those sales unless they thought they had something coming. Soon. It's weird, weird decision by them. Yeah, well, that and if somebody was thinking about upgrading to a Gen Point Five thing and then have a year to save up for the PS Five, I feel like they could, you know, people have a year to kind of save up for it. I feel, 
I'd buy an $800 PS5 at this point. Like, I don't feel like that's completely out of the ballpark. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's a better question. Would you buy an $800 PS5? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's scary. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, official Dova Fett said that he's not really super excited. He's not a PlayStation dude, but he's just getting used to his new Xbox. And if the scuttlebutt, that's a nice word, I've heard about next generation systems being diskless, that has me extremely not excited. I plus internet in my area is very difficult to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did kind of address this, but I wouldn't. It's not going to be discless, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, yeah. They, they specifically that's said it's not news. discless at this point. So yeah, that's, that's like I like I mentioned before. You're going to have to download stuff to the system to take advantage of anything. I, actually, I think they're probably. It wasn't always an option on like the PS or not the PS, but on the on the 360. And everything past that to what you're going to download to the system, to the system, but I don't think that's even going to be yes. an option going forward. You're going to put the disc in, and it will download to the hard drive. Um, it will going forward. And I think, and I think everyone can relate to Naaman's last comment here. Where he says, "One thing I've learned is not to get a console on launch day mm-hmm. because there's manufacturing errors, like the infamous Red Ring of Death." Um, I get my consoles later on just so any bugs are fixed. Now, yeah. that takes a level of patience that it does. I don't have. Um, <laughs> and it's. Yeah, I don't know that it's strictly a rule you need to follow. I mean, obviously, the Red Ring of Death thing was a major issue, but Microsoft was pretty good for the most part about replacing any systems affected. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. The Switch released with minor connectivity issues with the mm-hmm. controllers oh, the little, yeah. but they also the replaced those for free if you called them in if like if, yeah. if you called support and asked them to fix them for you you could send them in they'd send you a replacement um i i don't feel yeah, like consoles it's come with a manufacturer warranty yeah so you're i, gonna I, be I don't feel like the system issues are as much of an issue just because companies are really especially with everything being multi-console at this point companies mm-hmm. are really concerned about their brand at this point so they're not gonna risk any sort of bad will by not having good support for issues like that however like like a previous commenter already said the catalog might not be there if you've been keeping up i doubt that there's going to be anything must have as a release for the ps5 um so that 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 could be a reason to hold off on getting it just because your yeah, your PS4 yeah. could They're, still it could very well cut it for a couple of years after release. As far as if getting there's you not a must have launch game there, then I think that it will be slow trickling until there is. Mm-hmm. That's just the bottom line, you know. All right, it's been a good talk. Thanks to everyone for commenting. I'll try to tag you when the show goes live, uh, and also every Monday night I will try to get a poll up, many polls that you vote on and we talk about let's talk about some games i try to align these polls with either fun or random things but mostly games we are playing so this is exciting all right now the first one i'm gonna pull shay back in here um i really want to talk about katana zero with you but first we had a great debate this week about collectibles and platformers which i think is really interesting now the transition to that and i'm very disappointed because last week people said the spyro trilogy was a much better trilogy than crash but this week crash bandicoot defeated Spyro in the battle for the next Smash Brothers character, and I am fucking upset about this. The the jean shorts have won. Mm. Um, it makes sense, though. And Spyro has uh, not really done the 2D thing the way Crash has. 
in the past. And, uh, yeah. It is a 2D fighter, technically. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. There you go. Well, that, and <sighs> I think, yeah. just as I, far as audience goes, Crash is definitely going to have more fans to begin with. So. Yep. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I think either one of them could have been a good choice, yeah. to be honest with you. But. It was an obliteration, 60 to 40. Yep. That's not a Not surprised. That's a strong, strong victory. Yeah. Oh, well. But it did get, we had a really good debate this week off air uh, about platformers, because we've been playing a lot of them. And I had to have also been, which is a weird thing for me. And I've been getting more into the, the idea of trying to collect stuff in the games I like, um, the platformer games I enjoy, which I didn't do a lot as a kid. But the, uh, you know, like uh, whether you're getting all the gyms, that satisfaction in Spyro. Or in Donkey Kong, I'm trying to get 100%. Um, or in Crash Bandicoot, getting all those fucking boxes. And I sent um, some hate-raging voice messages, and then me and Shay were going at it. Um, so I'm, tr- I'm trying to find a good way to premise this. The, the idea of... Um, trying, what's the word I'm looking for? Not symbiotic, but like weaving. The idea of weaving collectibles in a game where you don't need to get them um but doing that in an organic way for the player is sort of the debate um keeping challenge without unneeded frustration things like that and anyone who's listening to this has ever played a game where they want to get everything generally feels like it's a platformer that we're discussing in this topic so shay your counter argument i was pretty frustrated with crash bandicoot because i felt like there were a lot of sections where i had to die or quit the level and go back to the map if I wanted to get every box in that game because of the design being a little more linear. And I, that's what I was frustrated about. And you were retorting, if you will. So what is your case for something like Crash, Crash Bandicoot, where you are a little more forgiving of, of the frustrating nature of that game? Well, wh- when I was responding, your, your, initial, your initial thoughts were, yeah, like you said, that you had to die or you know basically had to kill yourself in order to you know get some of those collectibles if you miss something in crash and my counter arguments were primarily a that most of the levels in crash 1 2 and 3 you can go back you can backtrack even in some of the ones like in crash bandicoot 2 that's one you've been primarily playing this past week and that's actually the one i finished 100% this past week i had uh, hankering to play it again, and I had ended up uh, going back to it. Is even some of those ones where you're like running from a polar bear, uh, you can still go back into the level and backtrack. And actually, some of the levels you have to to find little secrets and whatnot. Um, so I felt like that that criticism was mostly unfounded. But I agreed with you in in the sense that some of those levels, yeah, you, there's just like there's no going back. So your choices are to either A, finish the level, or to B, exit to the map and start the level again. And you mm-hmm. felt, um, I understand, I understood your criticism, basically you said you don't feel like you should, ha- you should have to do that in a game, um, because it, it, it becomes very frustrating for you, and you don't feel like that that's a viable way to play a game, and I... <sighs> I just I completely disagree with that because a that adds to the challenge of the game. I mean that's you you can go through all three of the Crash Bandicoots never having collected anything 
beating them fairly easily and no harm, no foul there. It's just like all that collector stuff. It's made to be difficult because it's made like if you had to collect everything, it'd be like, why am I doing this? Why am I just going through collecting all this shit for no reason? But by adding a level of difficulty to it, in my opinion, it makes it more rewarding. And when you consider the fact that like your initial criticism of you have to die in a level, I view it in a totally different way. And this is more perspective driven that I can just finish the level, learn where everything's at, and then go back into the level again, having memorized it, having known exactly where everything is, not wasting any lives, actually getting more lives, because when you collect the boxes and the free lives and stuff, you get more, and you're good to go. Or, you know, if I just, you know, made a mental error, I just exit out of the map, and then I go back in, and it's another minute of my time, realistically. That was my biggest criticism to your initial argument. Well, and I guess and this is something any obviously all you guys can weigh on to my whole thing. And maybe this is the thing I thought a lot about. I, I don't want to be able to complain unless I can offer a reasonable, intelligent solution to my frustration. And when I think about, because I've been playing a lot of these games like Donkey Kong and Spyro where you collect stuff, and it just feels more organic within the confines of what those games are doing, what they kind of trap themselves into Crash Bandicoot is it's like a linear pathways generally, but they want to have sort of the element of a lot of these games like Mario and Spyro where you collect a lot of stuff. But there's an issue there. In a, in a game that's oftentimes about momentum and always moving forward, um, it becomes very easy to get yourself in a lot of really frustrating scenarios collecting stuff. That's just the nature of what that game is. I think a very simple like return to checkpoint without a loss of lives would be nice. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is very weird in the secret sections in that game. They even tell you you can do them over and over without losing lives. They're like the little hidden areas where you get on the little question marks and float off. But you literally have to, I'm pretty sure you have to fall off in a hole or die I don't think you can finish the section and then jump back into it because then it counts it as a completion. Um, and it's just, there's a lot of little, like Shay said, you can jump to the map, but I don't like being pulled out of the experience like that. Like, let me go out to the menu and then jump back in. It's just, it's the nature of Crash Bandicoot and how that works. Yeah. I, I mean, it was like an older game. game. Like, it's, there are games that do that collection thing that'll let you, like you said, go back to a checkpoint. But... Mm, that's not even a standard thing these days. Um, no. C- considering how much we talked about how great the collectibles were in Astrobot last week, it seems strange that somehow Crash doing the exact same thing is a problem. Like, the right. camera literally will never move backwards. If you walk forward and the camera moves, it is permanently stuck in that position, you can only move forward in Astrobot. Um, I would hold Astrobot to the same criticism, though. Like, I, I never really got into the collectibles in Astrobot I, for that same I just reason. don't, I don't understand kind of to Josh's point why you know, Crash or even Astrobot get this criticism, but Donkey Kong gets a pass. Because that was my, that was my other big point of contention this week is yeah. that you're giving Donkey Kong a pass and it's the same exact thing and I gave you examples yeah. of well, how it's the same exact thing and you discounted well, them because it's a game that you yeah. love and that's you know that's yeah Donkey Kong Don- Don- I think Don- is Kong- more ahead, frustrating Josh. sometimes because a lot of times 
things will be hidden based off of initial enemy placement that you can never get to again. You, they'll, they'll let you walk backwards to attempt it again, but if the enemy placements have moved, there's just no way to do the jumps required sometimes. Right. Um, I even think about some of the jumps. You have yeah. to jump on some of those enemies like, yeah, in order like to access the secret jumps place. Across things. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not giving Donkey Kong a pass, but the thing is, I would hold the original Donkey Kong to the same criticism, but I said it was better because if you finish the level, you got the percentage of secrets you did find, right? And in a lot of games like Crash, you, if you finish the level without completing everything you needed to do, it's a one-run thing. You have to get right. everything you have in to your do run, a perfect basically. run in Crash to get all the boxes. All the boxes disappear. You do, but yeah. Like Donkey, that, that is that fair. is you... frustrating. That's something that, um, oddly enough. Uh, like as much as I love it, uh, like Bitrip Runner, um, the the first one I've really not liked two and three because they've they've added tons of extra crap in there, but it's been a similar sort of a thing. Like you have to do a perfect run of an entire song, um, but that's more of a rhythm game, so that's it's kind of more expected in that genre because well you can't go through half of a song and do it perfectly and then go through another half of a song. It's expected that you go through right. the whole thing, um, but it is Look, like that, it's it, yeah. they're they're expecting a level of perfection out of you that I can see that not being as it's not scratching the same itch as just collecting a bunch of shit like in yeah, Mario. Why can't the boxes be gone? Once you collect the, why can't all the boxes you did get be still counted? Well, because then if you ever went back through it, it would kind of be boring. Um, right and well why if you're i a i view it kind of like differently too because because it's really easy to die and crash in a lot of areas like because it was an older platforming game and if you remove those boxes how are you going to get your life total back up you're not going to be able to get your life total back up because you're not collecting those wumpa fruit so mm-hmm. like you view it as and like this is another thing i was telling you earlier this week it's just shifting that perspective. It's like, yeah, I can view it as this like yeah. annoying negative thing. And look, I agree with you on that. In some regards, it is annoying having to collect all of those in one run. I think of Super Meat Boy when, you know, even though if you grab the bandage but you die, you still have to go back and collect that bandage again. That shit was annoying as fuck. But, you know, it, that, that was a part of the game. I accepted it and mm-hmm. I accepted the challenge. And eventually when I finished it, um to its full completion i felt so much more rewarded and when i think about with crash bandicoot a i think about that you know like that that reward system yeah it's frustrating but the reward is worth it i feel so much more accomplished when i do something that's that difficult but also it's changing that perspective of okay well yeah this could be annoying and i could view it as that or i could view it as well this allows me to gain more of a buffer with my extra lives, because if all these yeah. boxes weren't here, I would have a limited number of lives. And if I couldn't get more lives well, because all these boxes are gone, that would be more of a frustrating issue than being able to ha- or than having to get these right, boxes right. all over again. That that's a bad idea. Yeah, you couldn't get rid of the boxes. I agree with you. Now that I think about, I will say this: the more I thought about it from a game design perspective, this is what I think I was missing, or maybe realized in a fun way. I realized that Crash Bandicoot is actually a run-based game. 
Yeah. It is a challenge. It is a runner collection. It's actually a secret runner. There's collecting elements to it, but it's more of a runner than an actual traditional platforming game. Yeah. Well, um, I I I kind of yes, and it's it's really similar similar to the challenge levels in Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, where you get to these challenge levels and they're all of a sudden yes, there's not checkpoints. You're not collecting a bunch of stuff. You just have to get through it. You have one shot. One shot. Yeah. You have to do this this one run perfectly and it is a different sort of thing like doing those challenge levels is very different from just finding the collectibles in order to unlock it um but they get rid of the kong letters in those mm -hmm. levels because they know it's yeah because the point is yeah (laughs) exactly because it's a different experience they're trying to get across and i feel like that's That's a really good middle ground like to have some things that are just collectible some things that are just challenge based um the problem was I came right off Spyro and I was looking at it to compare yeah. it to that kind of a game and it was right. frustrating. Yeah, I just I just don't think it's the same experience. Styles of platformers. Mm-hmm. Yes, but and the trick is it seems like it's not. It feels like a 3D platformer even though it's more linear, but the more I started to think about it, I'm like, this is a run-based game yeah. if you think about it. They want you to get everything without losing all your lives and get to I the end. I feel That's like a lot of platformers are like that. Don- Donkey Kong was like that. Um, in a in a lot of levels, like the minecart no, levels. Yeah, the minecart on ones, like a, a lot of the ice levels. And you're you really on, can't think Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, I think Donkey Kong is a lot like that. I think of like Super Mario Worlds was like that a lot. There's a lot of levels in there. You're just trying to go fast through. Those them. are special, but those are specialty levels. I and mean, you're right. It's the same like thing the with Minecraft. Crash, though. There no, are specialty all the Crash levels. levels are pretty much the same level of infuriation if you think about it. Um, I no, they're not, and I think that's I think that's the problem here. You're trying to lobby a lot of yeah. Your there opinions are like the two D levels this, of and Crash like, that are much like, more, yeah, kind of like you were thinking with Spyro. They're just two D sections. They're not levels, but they but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same sort to, of thing. You do have to die in those if you want to start them over again. I think, um, just kind of you have to fall off a cliff or something. Otherwise, it'll, it'll complete the. And those have their own separate boxes. But my point talking- is, yes, yeah, Shay, I agree with you. No, I agree with you, Shay, that like there's levels in like minecart and stuff, like in Donkey Kong, where if you are collecting, you're it's momentum and you're moving. So you would have to you would have to start it over or die, and that would be irritating. But I, all I'm saying is that's not the norm for those games. You and I don't think it's the, the norm for Crash back. either. I would. Okay. I, I I do feel like there are a lot of levels like that in Crash. I think more so than something like Donkey Kong or Mario, but. I also don't think that the game is primarily made up of that either. Well, what I mean is, like, because they build Crash around momentum, when you have to go backwards in that game, it feels awful. Like, you can't even see where you're jumping half the time. You have to walk, like, really slowly. Like, the game is designed to be played with the direction that the level entailed, right? So, like, if you're moving forward... like you have to go That, backwards that I can see. That criticism I can... Or not that criticism. That, that point I can see, and I can... I can agree with to a point. Like when you're not doing the 2D levels like Josh is talking about, because you can backtrack on those 2D levels, it does have a level of feeling unnatural. But I think it's the same case with something like a Donkey Kong, with the Super Mario, any of those games. When you backtrack, it doesn't feel as natural. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. I, I guess I just, I, I felt just a lot more infuriation. You know, maybe it just comes down to coming off a of Spyro and it jaded me because it was so fun and satisfying and not infuriating. 
to collect all those gems, and then I started playing Crash yeah, Bandicoot. You, you never lose something once you found it in Crash, or not Crash, but in, in Spiral. Yeah. It just, right. well, you found it, you found it. So. And they're different. They're Odd, different oddly kinds enough, of games. That's... oddly enough, <laughs> uh, unless you're playing a pirated version of Crash, or not of Crash, I keep on saying the wrong one. Spyro had copy protection built into the PS1 that in most games would just disable the game. Like if they saw that you're using a cracked copy of it. In Spyro, yeah. what they did was made the game start losing your progress as you went through it. Like you'd find a bunch of stuff, find an egg, find, you know, un, you know, free a dragon or something. And you'd go to start the game again and it'd be missing. Like they'd make you redo stuff that you'd collected. Like all the stuff that was supposed to be permanent progress, they'd just remove it if you're playing a pirated version and start giving <laughs> you messages saying, maybe That's you funny. should be playing a pirated version of this game. Um, like, so they, they, they even funny. knew that taking away your progress could be just infuriating at the time and specifically used it as a disincentive, you know, for piracy back in the day. Yeah, that's funny. That's actually great. I mean, I realize that Crash is for more of the people that want that infuriation. If you want to get everything, it's for people that want to pull their hair out a little bit more. Because I don't have a lot of nostalgia for the second game, and I was going through it methodically and slowly and trying to... Yes, it was satisfying when I got it, but I just was beating my head against the wall. Anyways, that's fine. We, I think we came to a good understanding there. Um, yeah, I think so. I think just like... Some of the other criticisms we had, we kind of worked out on our own privately, you know, and came to some sort of mutual understanding. And like this one, I think that it's just like the nature of it is, like Josh said, that you should, shouldn't have played them back to back. Like you said, you shouldn't have played them back to back. And I just think that, like, they're, Spyro and Crash if- are two different kind of platformers. I think that, I think it's fair to say that I probably give Crash a little bit more of a pass than some other people because I grew up playing those games, and other people who grew up playing those games would probably give the same kind of leeway to the games. And I think it's also fair to say that because you grew up with Donkey Kong, that you probably give it more of a pass than you should as well because of the fact that you know you grew up with that game and people who played Donkey Kong is not the one I give a pass would give it more of a pass. I, I don't give it a pass at all. I find the, the secrets, if you want to get everything in Donkey Kong, I think it's more infuriating. And that's one, I think that's a perfect game. But if you want to get the collectibles in that game, I think they're more infuriating because they're, sometimes they're completely unmarked areas you have to throw barrels at. There are hidden barrels that are on the bottom of the screen that you can't even see, but like a tip of the barrel. And you have to, I think the secrets in Donkey Kong Country are, are more infuriating. It's just. Absolutely. Um, but I, I don't want to criticize really, that game either because you know, that game is great. Um, so yeah, maybe it just came down to just hopping off Spyro and just being like, why isn't, but I, yeah, like I said, if you look at Crash like a runner, more of like a runner, then I, it doesn't upset me quite as much. That's true. And maybe that, and maybe that's that perspective change for you that you need. Like I view it one way, maybe you need to view it a different way to be able to more appreciate what the game is trying to do in terms of just in general and the collectibles. That being said, I will agree. Some of the collectibles in Crash are fucking frustrating. I definitely, there were a few levels where playing through Crash 2, I was like, where the fuck is the one box that I'm missing? And I had to go back through the level again, and it was not mm-hmm. the most enjoyable experience in the world. But once I did it, I was fine with it. So, 
but you did it because you're a crazy person and you had <laughs> you wanted to experience the pain mm-hmm. of the bandicoot. Yeah, it's true. I, I I too have fond memories of going through crash, like passing the controller back and forth, because it was it really was it was about doing a perfect run, um, and we'd play the same level over and over again, just watching each other, in order to see who could, you know, do it perfectly. Yeah. And it, I, it, it is they designed that game to be played for like, like <laughs> you get run. Th- I miss the I miss those kind of experiences so much because I used to have those too with friends and just sometimes like I feel like that that level of gaming obviously it has been passed by in the media and I feel like sometimes like our generation has kind of been passed by in that regards because like those type of inherent experiences just don't happen anymore and we've we've detailed well, but, and talked about that but yeah that's just because we don't live together i mean we could still pass donkey kong and astrobot headsets around if we all live together it could we could still do it but it's just they're still there they're hiding in the shadow true true speaking of hiding in the shadows <laughs> katana zero is a game i'm oh yeah light up <laughs> i'm really excited to talk about this first impressions um, <laughs> uh, it's messed up, Josh. So this is a game. I did a poll on it. About forty percent of our audience said they hadn't heard of it. I still think they're probably something might have been fibbing. That seems a little high. Uh, it's a new game from Devolver Digital. It's being described as sort of like a ninja two D Hotline Miami. Now Devolver's been known for Hotline Miami. The influence of that game has been stronger than I thought because you not just in Devol. I feel like that's what Devolver became known for. Once Hotline Miami blew up for them, now they're just known for like weird, fast, crazy, violent action games. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, everything gets compared to Hotline Miami because it is original. Basically, this game is really, really interesting. It is a 2D action platforming stealth game based around the idea of sort of planning your situation. So you would go up to... You move from screen to screen, and your screen has a layout of enemies, much like um, Hotline Miami, where you look at a room and you'd be like, okay, there's a guy here, guy down here, two guys down here, and you try to plan out your tactics either through just running through it over and over or looking at the scenario. This game is a lot like that, and it has an element of rewinding time, which is interesting, um, which is not something Hotline Miami did. It's the same thing. You, you, get, you die once, and you're dead. But what they do is, that's cool. Uh, and there's a narrative reason is that you're planning your kills in each area and it's like a VHS tape thing. So every time you die, it's just like a quick rewind. And he's like, no, that won't work. Let me try it again. Plan this differently. But it's it's basically the same concept of Hotline Miami, but in 2D and you're a ninja. Uh, and there's an element of rewinding time there. And I was surprised. I was like, oh, everybody tries to compare everything to Hotline Miami. That's just annoying. But in reality, once I started playing it and I was like slamming doors open to knock guys down and like, uh, looking at the, the different combat arena to plan things out, I was like, man, it's a little more like Hotline Miami than I actually thought it was. Um, but it's really interesting. So let's get some first impressions. Josh, you already beat the game, and I hate you because I wanted to be the first one to beat it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you beat it pretty quickly. You said in about four or five hours, which is, seems fast. Um, the game is broken up into like 12 evenings, I believe, in... And uh, that's sort yeah. of 12 stages, uh, roughly. 11? I think 11. I'm not sure. I'd have to look through it again. Um, yeah, I mean, the comparisons to Hotline Miami are pretty much unavoidable just based off of the whole 
it's another run-based game like we talked about. Like, you have to do a level perfectly. Anytime you die, you just... Time starts over. You start the level over. Um, but in this one, there's, like, a narrative conceit behind it instead of, like, Hotline Miami where you just start the level over or whatever. Like, there's a reason. Like, they give narrative reasons to why you're going through each level over and over and over again until you get it perfectly, which is really cool. Um, the the scale is a little different on this one. Well, I mean, all right, let's uh, let, get into the differences first here, I guess. Um, uh, Katana Zero is a side-scrolling game instead of a top-down game like uh, Hotline Miami was. Um, kind of done mm-hmm. in a scale of like a metal slug, something along those lines, kind of as far as as far yeah. back as the camera is. Uh, a lot of the enemies actually have similar sort of animation styles, similar sort of scale to to like a metal slug sort of a game. Uh, it's it's animated mm-hmm. really great. Um, uh, the big difference here is that you're not just picking up a bunch of random stuff and slaughtering a bunch of guys. It's meant to be like a much more not necessarily slow pl- slow paced, but like methodical sort of a a game instead of just senseless violence. Like you can deflect bullets in this game. You can roll to avoid enemy fire um it feels much more methodical because you're playing as this you know samurai going through and just hacking people to bits um it's 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 a really cool really cool game um this is one we actually had on your list we talked about this yeah yeah that's the the most anticipated uh and it is like it's i thought Initially, whenever they showed the game, it looked an awful lot like Hotline Miami, but I kind of figured that was just, you know, surface level type of stuff. But it is very similar to that. There's a, you know, yeah. similar sort of you don't know who you are storyline going on is like mm-hmm. Hotline Miami, but eventually they get around to answering that, which is something that they don't do in Hotline Miami. They tried to in two, and it was a train wreck trying to go back and give backstory to this really cryptic game and it was it was a nightmare whereas this one it feels like that was kind of always planned like the whole story is built around figuring out who you are uh and everyone around yeah. everyone around you has something to do with that mystery which is which is cool um so it, it, i feel like this one is more narrative based than hotline mammy was just because you're actually getting different pieces so. of the yeah. puzzle instead of just atmosphere based which is more more like hotline mammy was um okay yeah Quick transition yeah. uh fish I, go ahead. I noticed i just go just to follow up on that story that you're talking about in this game josh uh i noticed that the dialogue is a lot more engaging in this game i like what they did as far yeah. as like you get different options and there's this little timer bar at the bottom i don't know how important that is but um you get dialogue options but you also get a chance to just blurt out one of those dialogue options. It's like highlighted in red yeah. before you actually get all these dialogue options while whoever's talking to you. So yeah. um, you could be, essentially you could be like a, a dickhead just like blurting out saying, hey, shut the fuck up. I know what I'm doing or something like that. And <laughs> I don't really necessarily know what the consequences are with that or how 
how deep that goes as far as like changing up the storyline goes but um it is very engaging and it's a unique way of kind of storytelling in you know this kind of uh 2d um slasher type of game um but i was i will say the gameplay um i enjoyed the gameplay a lot more than i do in hotline miami um what yeah yes um i i i I, it it feels more concise i feel like i'm more in control of the situations and when i die i don't feel like oh well i uh, how the fuck did that how how the fuck was I supposed to know this guy was around this corner shooting with a AK or something like that? Like it was more uh, the, along the lines of, well, I have to perfectly throw throw something at this guy, um, knock out this guy near the door, um, and you know pull off this combo that uh, essentially gets you past a certain area on the stage. And I really enjoy yeah. that. In the, in I, the I fact- shouldn't shut you down, Fish. I I agree. I guess <laughs> you, you're right. You're right. The the yeah. as much as I love Hotline Miami, there's there's a lot more going on in Katana Zero. Hotline Miami yes. is basically shoot until that gun runs out of bullets and then pick up something else. Right. Um, and the strategy there was still a lot of strategy there in how you did it, but yeah, you're right. There's, there's probably yeah. more going on. The peripheral stuff in this game I don't think is as good as Hotline Miami, although it's really good, damn good. Um, like uh, music, <laughs> aesthetic, all that's uh, uh, Shay's painting. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Don't you ever, ever talk shit on Hotline Miami again. <laughs> I love yeah, Hotline fish. Miami. I, I, hey, I'll, I'll say this. I Fucker. prefer Hotline Miami's uh, soundtrack over this soundtrack. Thank but you. this soundtrack is pretty yeah. fucking It is good. unique uh, for the game, though, uh, instead of a bunch of licensed music. It is. So. Right. Yeah. That's true, yeah. and it's damn good. Yeah, it's, it's very, very, very it damn is good. good. Specifically yes. made for the game type I, soundtrack. Someone yes. like messaged me today, and they're like, "Are you sure? What if I don't like it? Is it is it worth fifteen dollars?" I'm like, "The it's soundtrack worth is the worth music. fifteen dollars." Like just yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Even the, the soundtrack alone is worth fifteen. Yeah. Like you'll be sitting in like you, there'll be story beats where like you're sitting in your apartment and like your neighbors has the the music up bumping in there their apartment and the way they have it muffled and like they get just the enough bass yeah. just right it's just it feels like you're right there in his apartment just dealing with noisy ass uh neighbors oh, it, it, poor neighbors. it's really good mm-hmm. <laughs> it's poor neighbors don't really <laughs> um no they're poor they, they, just, they don't have a lot of money that's all i'm saying yeah well, all, all they do is uh, listen yeah, they do to blow techno music and yeah uh, exactly. well or pot um yeah, I agree. That, yeah, so it's it is unique. I like that it's it inspires. It's inspired in a lot of ways by Hotline Miami, but it also feels like it has enough of its own voice, which I think is important, right? Like, I think if you can make comparisons to a game, that's fine. A game that we all love, but you want it to have enough of its own voice, and it definitely has it. It's more yeah. narrative driven. There's a lot of influence from a lot of old Japanese Ronin movies, um, a bunch of old samurai flicks, which is really cool. Like as far as the main character is concerned. Um, Really? Okay. Yeah, like just the whole arc there of this, you know, wandering, wandering samurai is kind of yeah. Like there's there's definitely influence I, from stuff other than Hotline Miami there, which I think I give, gives yeah, it its own that's its good. own sort of legs instead of just feeling like it's oh it's just you know a different take on just Hotline Miami. And we're, and we're, well, it's spoiler free, so don't worry, Shay. I'm not going into the spoilers of the, the story itself, but. I just, this is an aesthetic thing. I just don't, 
the aesthetic is not inconsistent to me in a way that's bugged some of the reviews I've read. I think it's it's interesting and weird in a way I like. It's just the main character. I just think he looks so dumb. He's running around in his bathrobe and his sword and his big goofy. It's like Brave Fencer Musashi or something. I don't like it, but it it's his like Metal Slug. Itself like is like it really is. Like the as far as like the the scale of everything, it feels a lot like that. Like not taking itself but they super look right seriously. In their world. Yeah, but but they look right in their world. Like they look like warriors or soldiers. You know, I mean, he just stands. Nobody like why is there these random samurais in this like cyberpunk world? You know, it just it doesn't make sense it, to me. Like aesthetically, um, mm. why? I, I I have a differing opinion on that. Okay, I, I feel okay. I feel like I feel like he he belongs there. Like he's just a guy in like a a kimono that's just. <laughs> probably actually just a robe but he wears it as a komodo and you know he's just a guy hopped up on drugs just going around killing people is it a komodo or a robe that's the the burning question it's i don't know it's repeatedly referred to as a bathrobe in your in your own dialogue so i don't, I don't know about Ooh, by other people okay. but well, he, he seems to call it a bathrobe something... an awful lot i don't know if that's just to disarm people around him like no it, it, i'm just it, walking around my does... bathrobe but it does look comfy. Yeah, it, it does. Look he he looks like nice to be a very, very comfortable assassin. Yeah, it looks too yeah. legit to be a bathrobe to me. <laughs> I'm not. I wasn't getting bathrobe until they said bathrobe. Mm. He's like he's but, like the dude, but a samurai. A no, bathrobe does he's, make he's the, the character dude. more appealing to me. <laughs> yeah, he's the dude. Well, and unfortunately, maybe the visual style can't convey that as much as if. Like it was in a 3D rendering, and I knew it was a bathrobe. I think I'd find the character more endearing. Unfortunately, I'm not saying. I, I know that sounds weird. I'm just saying, I knowing he's in a bathrobe makes him kind of more interesting to me. Like a dude with a katana and a fucking bathrobe, yes. drugged yeah. out. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's a, a high, get. a high class like samurai komodo, but he's in a fucking rundown apartment. I'm just like, what? I I don't. I don't, maybe there's a little mystery there. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe the fact that we can have a 20-minute conversation about whether it's a Komodo or a bathrobe is part of the fun. I don't know! <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the game... I was surprised their gameplay had as much... Like, you could go to the... Ba- the background stuff is really cool. Like, there's levels where you can go, like, into the background and you see, like, a shadow of yourself. Um, there's a couple levels where enemies will even come out of door. Like, they'll travel different floors. Like, they'll go up and come out of doors and stuff. There's, they do a lot in the game. There's a lot going on, you know, that keeps it interesting, I think. Like, that's the thing I think I've been impressed with the most is that um, it hasn't felt too repetitive, which, which I like. Uh, never overstays its welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Hotline Miami to death, but it's just one note, one really good note. And uh, this game doesn't, like, yeah. I don't want to ruin too much, but there's a Yeah, the first couple levels of Hotline Miami are probably some of the best as well. Like not not counting like some of the boss stuff, but like as far as the design of the levels themselves, like it feels like you hit the high notes right away in that game. You remember those yeah. really well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it got pretty tough, yeah. Yeah, there is um, it's it's I can't recommend people enough for fifteen dollars. Like you gotta, I mean, come on, it's it's on the Switch, it's on PC. I I'm excited to finish it. It's it has one of my favorite boss battles in a while and i really loved one of the boss fights in there it's weird strange it'll keep you guessing have you have you guys both encountered the boss i'm talking about yeah well i don't know about fish but i don't know mm. how far are you fish no you'd know Day if seven. it was a boss because it was, it was yes, the, the only boss yeah. that morgan 
has fought yet. So, kissy thing. Mm. Is it the guy with like green or blue hair? No, it's not V. No, no. Okay. I thought that was I, a I helmet. I thought it was a helmet for the longest time, and then I was like, "Oh, it's a hair and sideburns, I think, or something." Yeah, because uh, the visual style. That's the thing I like and dislike about that visual style. Hollow Mammy's the same way. Is like you'd look at stuff and be like, "Ooh, you is have that to a pizza make it box? up on your own." A... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but I it... like that. Yeah, I like cool. making up my own shit. I guess I do too, sort of. But I thought he had a helmet for a long time, and I was like, "Fuck, that's hair." What the fuck am I talking about? It does look an awful well, lot like a boxing helmet, like that whole kind of something really like small, yeah. like kind of covering the temples, yeah. sort of a. It does, and it's all one color. Like, why would he have blue sideburns? The fuck has blue sideburns? God damn it! Hmm. This guy, <laughs> this guy's blue sideburns. Um, what? So, what's your biggest criticism? Would you guys say so? What's the biggest criticism for you, Josh, when you look at this game? If you had to levy one, you don't have to, I guess. But. Um. The, the dialogue, I think, is really cool, kind of like Fish said, where it has timed stuff going on, um, but it doesn't make much of a difference. Like, it's, it's a, a lot of it is the sort of dialogue that just kind of changes slightly how your own character is represented. Like, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. really do an awful lot. Like, you get a choice about halfway through the game that will just end the game halfway. Um, and you'll get credits and whatnot, and it's like, oh, game over, but then you can just go through and pick the other option and get the rest of the game. But other than that, it doesn't seem to be a lot of difference from one choice to another. Um, Well, there there was one point where I feel like it was impactful as far as, like, I was talking to this receptionist, and, like, I started telling her, like, this big story Oh, uh, the cosplay thing, yeah, yeah. Yes, and then I came back and, like, I made sure, like, oh, yeah, I gotta... Make sure. Yeah. Well, that I, I think got the that right can change correctly. whether or not minor characters survive, or you know something like that. But not a massive change as far as the the arc of the whole story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's my biggest criticism too, to a degree, is that the story is at times dark and sadistic and fascinating. And at times, I don't know. It just feels maybe a little hokey or a little, like, it's just a little inconsistent for me. I, it's interesting. It's never uninteresting, which I think is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, just a little uneven, I guess, at times. Sometimes feel really fleshed out, sometimes feel a little rushed, but always interesting. Yeah, yeah. like, since we've mentioned them a couple times, the whole V thing, I feel like that whole character, I kind of feel like was a little bit too over the top. Um, like as far as what they were going for there, like it was, you're, you're this character killing basically everyone you interact with more or less. And then they have to give you someone who you hate more than him, more than your own character. And I feel like he's kind of over the top, kind of like you're, you're saying, um, like it's like ridiculously over the top. But other than that, like that, that, that's just the one character is, you know, I feel like kind of just. Yeah, okay, dial it back a little bit. But everything else just the main works re- yeah, yeah. really well. So The main relationship between you and your therapist is to the heart of that game as far as the mystery mm-hmm. and the little girl and stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess we can save the rest till Shay plays it because uh, I know he's going to... This should be right up Shay's alley. Um, mm-hmm. 
I yeah, I haven't been able to put it down, but I had to today, and I was very upset. Which was nice. It was the first game this year that I played. Well, Resident Evil was like that. I should give Resident Evil credit. But it's the first game I played in a while where I was like, oh, I can't wait to post something about this game. I need to get on there. But, you know, if anyone knows my taste, this game is kind of right up my alley. Yeah. Um, fucking music is really good, too. Really good. Mm-hmm. So good. I need to find the composer. I need to email the composer. Get him on in the blood. <laughs> my next goal. Um, all right. So the next poll that I, it's just sort of an interesting anecdotal thing or, uh, would be... Cuphead dropping on the Switch. It was the number one game selling on the Switch for several days. Probably still is. Um, a lot of people now that didn't have an Xbox or a PC are finally going to be able to play Cuphead, which was the 2017 Sword Chomp game of the year. That's right. Uh, and it's selling very well, so it's a really cool thing. 45% of our audience said yes, they'll be picking it up on Switch. Now, you might say 45%. That's not a huge number. But I'll tell you this. If 45% of a system owner base is going to buy a game, that actually, if that's reflective, that's actually pretty fucking high. Um, yeah. If, you know. I, I, I can see why people wouldn't want to buy it on the Switch, because for me, I know we've kind of joked around about this in all seriousness, I'd be afraid of buying it on that, that Switch and then just getting pissed and throwing that fucking handheld. I yeah, get so, yeah. Because having, like, having the console be, be somewhere safely away from throwing distance, probably a plus. Right, right. I there have definitely been games recently uh, where I've like I'm sitting on my couch and I get mad. And I'm like motherfucker, and I throw my my controller not very hard, but a little hard right into my couch cushions to soften the blow. Um, because I've been playing some more difficult games lately. So yeah, it just which is not good behavior, whatever, fuck it. This isn't here to analyze the psychology of what I'm doing. No, but like with, with a game like Cuphead, man, I would not want to be playing that on a handheld and run the risk of breaking it for sure. But that being said, anyone who hasn't played the game absolutely should get it, whether they get it on the switch or a different console. And I think it would be cool to, to play it, like crank it out. Like if you have 20 minutes to try and crank out a quick, run and gun level i think that'd be fun yeah 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 uh, portability would work yeah well the the thing is is if they are if they do have kind of violent tendencies like you Shay, um they could just you know dock it and make sure you know they just destroy a controller and not the actual console yeah just des- destroy the fucking 50 dollar joy cons <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah or you probably want to play it on actual like a pro controller, but still, I couldn't imagine trying yeah, to play that game on a fucking yeah. Joy-Con. Mm. I, I can't. I mean, they, it's not that hard. I play a lot of intense. I play yeah. Smash. No, it's just like I mean, because it's so you small play and flimsy, you'd be like motherfucker, anyway, and you just so. snap it in half. You used your D-pad to play Cuphead? Yeah. Huh? It's the only thing You're that's precise weirdo. enough to do it. <laughs> How's he a weirdo? Wait, I, I kind of agree. You are a weirdo, Josh. Fucking joystick that game all the way, baby. Really? And just, just hope the joystick's going to do what you want. I mm-hmm. didn't have any problems. I don't Instead know if you're aware of this, but I'd be an expert. Exactly what you want it to. It's I, definitely, I definitely did the D-pad type of thing. I didn't use the joystick. What? Mm. You liar. You're what? lying. No, are you, I didn't use the joystick. Are you being man? honest? 100%. I never use the D-pad. Actually, if you want me to be more 
specific. I use the WASD <laughs> layout of my keyboard yeah. to play the game. D-pads. Those are painful. They they hurt your fingers. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clip your nails. No, no. they're just not. <sighs> Sitting over there with is. your inch-long yeah. thumbnails Dick. over there. <laughs> just not really relevant in this conversation oh. but you know it's still but sitting I, it's there gotta get the shots in while you can <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny that's weird i can't believe i figured out you play d-pad um so yeah that's cool glad for cuphead uh more people are experiencing our game of the year 2017 um a lot of people convinced me to buy a game called enter the gungeon for 13 bucks um, on the Switch store, and I'm the only one I think here who has played it, so I will play some of that and report back to you guys next week when I get some time with it. Just been distracted by a lot of other stuff. I did buy it, because I do listen to our community. So, there you go. And if I hate it, I'm blaming all you fuck. Every single one of you. Whoa, whoa. Uh, let's see. You it's only 13 propose- bucks. Okay. I would never get mad at $13. I mean, I've spent... <laughs> I mean, I you just spent $7 on an action figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking loser. And I will cherish it till the day I die, goddammit. Oh, come on, Sharpedo. You don't see a Sharpedo every day. Well, I'm not a fan favorite. Um, Let's see, I'm trying to save the golf thing for last, so I don't torture you guys too much. Let me see. Could you not? Uh, so... F- 40, 40%, 44% of our audience said they had heard of Enter, um, Katana Zero. And so the last two are golf-related, I guess. Um, but they're interesting. So there was big news this weekend was that Tiger Woods finally won after a long time. Michael Jordan actually came out and said he thought it was the biggest comeback he's ever seen in his lifetime. Um, but Tiger Woods inspired me to play golf. But more importantly, my love of golf transferred into a love of golf video games. Now, I asked our audience, I said, what's your excitement level for Tiger Woods returning to glory? And there was four options. It was one of those, like, scientific sliders. And the four options were in the rough, par, or birdie, or the very end was hole-in-one. And it settled right at birdie. So that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Birdies, birdies are nice. You get a birdie, you feel good about yourself. You do. I should have just put an eagle on there, but I just skipped right over the eagle. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, why'd you do the, that? That scientific contr- that scientific uh, calculator is way off now. My my wife actually has been really into uh, everybody's golf, and she messaged me today. She was playing it while I took a nap, and she was like so excited that she got an eagle, and she sent me a picture of it. I'm so proud of her. So proud. <laughs> nice. Of um, it I'm really is everybody's. It is everybody's golf, as Fish can attest to. Right? It's it's a game that anyone can enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Spe- speaking mean, of which, if you could. Have have you ever gotten around a golf story since you have a switch now, fish? I oh no, I haven't. Mm. We should is bring it, golf story. It's on back. the switch, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a fun little golf mm. game where you play as some golfing douchebag. <laughs> it's weird. It's like the an very action RPG. That no one ever was. It's literally like an action RPG where you use a golf club to do things and talk to people. It's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I started it. I don't know why I stopped playing. Huh. We need to bring I'm back golf to pick story. That up. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy mm-hmm. it. Did Did you actually play through it, Josh? 
I don't know if I've finished it either now that I'm thinking about it. I may have, but it's been so long since it came out. I can't remember. We gotta bring oh. it back. Let's bring back yeah. Ghost Story. Yeah. That was I'll a tell game. You, mm-hmm. it was, it's a out. very unique it game. It is. Honestly. It has a uh, yeah. neat little golfing mechanic. A lot of it's not taught. You kind of have to figure it out as you go. Um, yeah. They, they teach you the basic you mechanics, like, you know, just timing the swing like any other golf game. But a lot of the yeah. in-depth mechanics for actually getting the ball to go exactly where you want, you have to figure out on your own, which I think is kind of nice um, as far as, you know, just really actually getting better at the game and like like this girl was like floating in the water and she'll be like oh there's this alligator you need to hit him with the golf club yeah. three times you get like weird rpg quests like you'll go through yeah, and you know somebody will talk to you and be like we need you to hit this with a golf ball from here and it's like it's it's kind of ridiculous but it's fun like it's it it gives you these dumb little you know really silly things to do with the golfing mechanic but it's it's really fun like you get into a wizard's duel with golf balls like where you're just like standing across from each other just like lobbing golf balls at each other (laughs) it's yeah it's it's really it's charming i don't know why it didn't stick to me more i should get another shot i don't know why it didn't stick more Hmm. um what she said uh so 62 percent of our audience said that yes I'm, they're not much into golf, but they love the Hot Shots Golf Series. It's a hole-in-one. I thought the options on that poll were pretty cute. They could say, yes, and right on, it is a hole-in-one. Or, four! I'm happy about that. Um, you know what else is a hole-in-one, Morgan? <gasps> Would it be our sponsor, Sassy D Merch? That's right! Absolutely! ding well, what do you mean? Well, how is our sponsor, Sassy D Merch, a.k.a. SassyDicks.com, how would that be a hole-in-one, Shay? Well, you know, you can go there for all your needs, your sock needs, your sock fetish needs, where they have plenty of characters in phallus shapes located on promptly on their socks. That's right. Fish is actually holding up one of the socks that he... <laughs> No, 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 fish, no, no, he's he's using it out. (laughs) Pump your seed into that Sorry, guys, you just mentioned socks. But they have many cool phallic characters on socks, on coffee mugs. They actually are designing shirts right now. Um, One of their new characters is a Game of Thrones character, John, what is it, John, John... Fro? John John Fro. Fro, that's right, John Fro, modeled off of Jon Snow. And they have uh, the the Game of Bones throne, chilling. Man, they got a lot of new. I stuff. I did like the yeah, the Game of Bones was pretty nice. I like that. An Iron Throne, completely composed of penises. That's right. Perfect. That's perfect. I, I liked. I think I left the best comment on there. I was like, you know, I think if Cersei had this throne, she might not be such a bitch. Because <laughs> she'd be getting some dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think her getting it, it really has been the problem, but that's a conversation for another day. That's true. But I mean, how could you be mad when you just sit on a bunch of nice dicks every day? Am I right? Um, well, I could get behind that statement. <laughs> you could get on top of that statement, too. Doesn't seem like the best Whoa, place to be. But <laughs> so right. you should get on top of Sassy D at Sassy D merch on instagram and of course sassydicks.com um 
sponsor the show, and they do a lot of great gag gifts. As they say, fabulous dick art for the whole family. That's right. Your deranged family. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, good call, Shay. Um, now I lost what I was actually talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody's golf. <clears throat> Hole in one. The thing is, if you've never played a Hot Shots golf game, they changed the name to Everybody's Golf. They are just so accessible and fun and addictive. Like, my, my wife doesn't even get into a lot of games, and she loves these games because they're just so accessible. They have a nice little timer for hitting the ball, kind of a back-and-forth thing. I think Golf Store uses a similar thing, too. Uh, but they keep the strategy of golf, and they're charming and goofy, and they're just they're amazing. They're, the only thing that sucks is it still feels a little low budgety because, obviously, I don't think they... You know, everybody's golf did well, but uh, it's not like they... You know they're selling the farm to to make these things, so the production values are still just adequate at best. But um, they're great, and they and everybody's golf is a great game on PlayStation Four. It's a little too grindy for my taste. We've put about thirty hours into it, and we only have three courses unlocked um, because they go for a really, really, mm. really RPG kind of system. Yeah, it's weird. But the thing with golf is you can do the same course, and they change the weather, the size of the hole. They they can do a lot of stuff to make it interesting. Uh, time of day. But it's still insane that we only have three courses unlocked in 30 fucking hours. Like, they almost took, like, the weird mobile game approach to unlocking shit. It's kind of, kind of ridiculous. Um, but it's an RPG. You level up as you hit shots and stuff. You'll see your power increase, control, all this stuff. But it, it's accessible for everyone. So if you're, if you're one of the five people out there that likes golf and loves video games, I can't recommend the Everybody's Golf series enough. It used to be the legendary Hot Shots Golf series until, um, you know. They changed the name. You know, it's always been everybody's golf in Japan. Did you know that? Hmm. It's always been everybody's golf in Japan. Yeah. Huh. Huh. I, I think you've huh. told me that before. Huh. Crazy. It's now huh. united under one front. And they're great. And obviously, I, I was emotional this weekend when Tiger Woods won. It was powerful. I watched the whole event. I'm a huge golf fan. He inspired me to get into golf. And, Did you paint the walls? I always tell people this. I, <laughs> I did not. Um, I don't know what that means. Are talking about like, what do you mean, paint the walls? Um, I mean, you were so excited like so... that you just. It was oh, time for some remodeling. You. That's right. Yeah. Kids no, have been drawn on emotion. the walls, so you had to put a new fresh coat of uh, something on the walls. <clears throat> I, I tried to think of the one thing I think is so interesting about Tiger Woods. Uh, in a way that's interesting to maybe you guys and people listening. And I think that is, there's only been two transcendent athletes in my lifetime, and that's Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. In fact, that like people that I think hate the sport can st still root it for them. And the, the interesting thing to me about Tiger Woods in particular um, <laughs> is that, you know, I heard from someone, it was on once on Dan Levitard's show, he said, you can have race be a factor without racism be a factor. So this is not about racism. But um, I think that race can be a factor, even subconsciously sometimes. And it's always interesting to me to see a bunch of old, rich, white guys rooting on this young black guy. And that was, that was the way it was back in the clubhouse when I was younger. And I would walk in there, and there's a bunch of old white guys cheering on Tiger Woods. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is awesome. And it's just a transcendent. And that sport is particularly traditional in a lot of ways that can be frustrating. And Tiger Woods transcended that in a way that Everyone knew who he was, and he made golf fun for or exciting for people that did not give a shit about golf, including myself. Um, yeah, and it was really cool to see him win again. So, 
not alone and for people don't notice the masters is the most like a tradition amazing tournament you can win in golf you get a fancy green jacket it's it's a it's it is kicks off the golf season it is the one you want to win uh and it's crazy to think that has age someone tried to tell me fish they were like oh this is like if michael jordan came to the nba today and was competing for a championship i'm like no it's not the same you can't compare the sports and this is why because Michael Jordan would have to deal with these young athletic people stopping him on the floor physically. Right. Golf, the, in- yeah. the interesting thing about golf is there's dramatic tension because everyone's watching you and you see the people golfing with you, but you're not actually physically golfing against someone. You know what I mean? It's you can a always play a lot of mental game. fortitude. There's a lot of mm-hmm. mental fortitude, but it's a different kind of men- mental fortitude, which is what you guys yes. are saying. I can't even... Me and Fish could even handle one guy rolling up to us watching us hit a tee shot in real life. It would make us nervous, you know? Right, I can't yeah. imagine 100,000 people crowded around my hole as I'm trying to putt to win the championship. You know, <laughs> fuck that. You know what yeah. I mean? That's what she said. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no. If in all honesty, that, if she could that. handle 100,000 people crowded around that hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not one for slut shaming, but if you could handle that, maybe. <laughs> See, that, and that is the applicable use of "that's what she said" right there, <laughs> just for a full demonstration. I don't agree with that, but I'm always okay with the "that's what she said." Mm-hmm. Um, you should be. Should. Anyways, they're great. They're great games, and if you're a golf fan, you check them out. And if you're not. It was special. We may never see Tiger Woods win again. But it got me addicted to golf games, and my wife and me have been playing them all the time. It's true. And if you can handle 100,000 people watching you, um, your opening hole, please get a hold of Fish. Um, His phone number is currently... I'm just kidding, Fish. (laughs) Oh, just hit up his Instagram. uh, That's true. At Fish Sticks Fish. (laughs) True. He's accepting DMs 24-7. Yeah. He actually, oddly enough, though, if you're on his profile, he has it set up. The only way you can actually have the swipe read as far as his settings go is if you Mm -hmm. actually swipe around and around that hole in, you know, the proper timing. Just, just, it's more of like a, you know, kind of like a pre-check. Make sure you're qualified. Dude, what if there was an, yeah, what if there was an app like Mm -hmm. that where they wanted to see how skilled you were, so it's a, it's a picture of the anatomy, and your swipe, Mm -hmm. it it records your motion. You have proper swipe. Oh, I like it. So, like, this guy doesn't know where the, this guy has no idea where the clit is. It's like, what the hell was that, man? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I still don't know where the clit is. Not just like-minded people who don't know what the urethra is. (laughs) Not a surprise. But speaking of uh, fish, speaking of fish, before I forget and before Morgan forgets, there's a Patreon poll that I ran this week. Um, it's a pretty important one. Um, it was, hey guys, this week's poll is pretty easy. Episode 140 is upon us, and to celebrate that for absolutely no reason at all, we want to know if you want fish to host the entire episode. The choices were yes, hell yes, most certainly. Uh, duh, meh, and we can't have a micro hosting, and one said yes, seven said hell yes, and one said uh, duh, and that's it. So it looks like Fish, you got a job to do for 140. Oh no. 
We should, we should go further. I kind, of, I kind of volunteered you for this. Topics. I didn't even ask, and I feel bad about it because I didn't even ask you. I was just like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to put it <laughs> that's up. What, no, Shay, that's what I do. Now you're starting to pick it up. That's what I do. I never ask fish. I just throw voicemails yeah. out there, uh, requests, yep. you name it. Against my will. Everything, yep. Otherwise, fish would never agree to anything. I mean, that's how it works. This is true, actually, yeah. Yeah. But I, I was actually thinking it'd be kind of cool if Josh and Fish got together and actually kind of co-hosted that episode, because usually it's Morgan or me doing the side podcast or the few times that I have done the um, <laughs> done the Chompcast, and you occasionally have Darth Vader in the background vaping. And... Um, <laughs> But um no I was I would think it'd be <laughs> I think it'd be cool if Fish and Josh did it, so we'll see if we'll see if they're up to the Well now challenge. you're just throwing Josh into the fire too. <laughs> Throw everybody into the I fire. Mean, I I'll I'll take on that burden. You don't have to I'll shoulder that whole right. burden. You have to pick ass. all the poles, all the topics, everything. Oh, no help. Everything. Oh, you talk about anything you want. Destiny, strip clubs. I don't think you guys would like that, actually. Well, I would. Yeah. This podcast... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Monster <laughs> Hunter. We'd see 3,000 of our subscribers immediately <laughs> unsubscribe. Half our Patreon it would be. patrons <laughs> evacuate. It'd be Monster Hunter, Destiny, Apex Legends. Um, what else? I don't know. Smash Brothers. He would just yeah, cry. It'd be like a therapy session. Maybe we could do a therapy session where you sit on the couch and just talk to a therapist about all your Ganondorf troubles. Yeah. And Josh can be your therapist. I could set up a little <laughs> little love seat here in my closet and uh, just lay down on it while I podcast. You yeah. could fit a love seat in there? Uh, no. You can make turn that closet into a love shack. I love the idea of you pulling a date over there and just opening up your closet and there's like a couch. and. Uh, <laughs> Come on in, lady. Yeah, All right, well, we'll see. That there. sounds like it's going to happen. The bed is a pullout, ladies. Oh, <laughs> uh, you like, like trying to make out under all these dangling shirts. Like, hold on. Um, <laughs> it sounds, it sounds kind of hot. It's like a game, you know. <laughs> uh, anyways, that, it's been a long enough. We got about two and a half hours here, so we'll get the fuck out of here. I'm actually going to post that poll and our Patreon stuff on the Instagram tomorrow. Can I have like a quick two minutes to talk about Hollow Knight? Oh, you could. Okay, that's fine. You can, if you want to say that you could give it a highlight or, well, we talked a lot about it. You're right. You're right. I think uh, we talked enough about it in the past. No, it's okay. What do you, what do you, it sounds like you finished it. I did finish it. I finished it this morning. Finally. Um, I didn't get to hundred percent it, but. I know you you've been you were asking me I think is last week what's in the egg. You ready to know what's in the egg now? <gasps> Uh-oh. Oh. Don't ruin it. Are you ready to know? You're going to ruin it for me? Are you ready to know? Uh, this is going to be a joke, so yes, I'd like to know what's Okay. So you go into the egg um after you have unlocked the three masks and you wander through a dark corridor and then you go into the main room and the Hollow Knight is there and you have to fight him. And you defeat him. And then after you defeat him, the big twist at the end is you become the Hollow Knight. And that's how the game ends. Is he telling the truth, Joss? It can end that way. It's true. 
So the egg, so there's nothing in the egg, it just leads if to a If you decide to, uh, you know, allow the kingdom to continue as it was. Or you could destroy the kingdom. Hmm. I guess you are not the Hollow Knight. I guess that's true, you have to become the Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. You just play yeah. as the knight, but, uh... Yeah, um... So you, uh... Okay. I'm kind of curious that's the ending you went with. Yeah, no. I... Josh doesn't seem satisfied. Yeah. He's saying you went with the bad ending. Well, I didn't... See, all I did was... I, I didn't 100% <laughs> everything. I'm at about 75%. I didn't get everything done. Um, I know I missed some things for sure. I need to go back on if I can and finish them. And hopefully get a different ending um, that way. But no, I... I was like, this morning, I was like, all right, I just have to finish this game. So I beat the two remaining bosses that I had been bothering me last night. I told Josh about it. And then this morning, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go finish this game so I can put it away for now because there's other games I've been kind of neglecting. Katana Zero is on the horizon, other stuff. So I put, I decided I was just going to go finish it, live with what it was for now. And that's what I did. And that's the ending I got, Mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah, that's that's the, I think easiest one to get because like as soon as you unlock the egg, not not that long through the game, you can kind of just go through and beat those three bosses, and then get to the ending that way. Uh, there's a lot of complicated right. stuff you can do to kind of access different endings. Um, mm. Interesting. With just different variations on that, or just completely different endings. Um. Yeah. Why is he in an egg? Why is the knight hiding in an egg? He did. Sp- that's. A- I thought he was joking. I didn't think he was actually going to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's oh, kind of past the stage. I don't know if it is or not. Fish just called you a hypocrite. Mm. He said you a hypocrite. Game's been out for two years. Oh, oh, fish is. Oh. Look at that. He's got a. <laughs> I haven't played evil it yet. What the fuck? It's still worth Thanks going lot, through. Shay. He spoiled like the, you know, I I spoiled the shit. Yeah, the egg was okay. everything mm. to me. <laughs> he spoiled. Yeah, it he spoiled the, the ending that's halfway I'm through the game. Morgan. If you uh, decide to go go on and do everything else. Oh, so he's only in half the game. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. you haven't beat the game, Shay. Well, are you even oh, gonna Josh play the game? Me. You still haven't played Hellblade yet, and you voted it into no, the top th- five three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I mean, at this point, you? are you really no, going to play never into that? That never happened. I have a real question you for Fish on, on, on this now. exact note. Maybe, maybe you'll finally true. play it. Um, maybe. This is, that's actually a great segue to end the show, because I had a serious question for Fish. And it's only half in jest, so don't take this defensively, Fish. A serious okay. in jest question. Yes, ingest exactly. this serious question <laughs> i'm serious but i don't want it to sound confrontational so we had been talking about hollow knight for like a month now right incessantly and mm-hmm. trying to get fish to try it or whatever thinking he might enjoy it and then he comes at me this week and he says he bought final fantasy 7 instead on the switch for the hundred thousand time or whatever and i'm mm. like what? so Let's be honest here. What is it about Hollow Knight that you're not excited about? Let's hear it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I like. I. I just don't 
like everything that you guys talk about in that game like as far as like a metroidvania type of game sounds great and like almost like a dark soul-ish type of uh brutal combat in it sounds great but like uh, i feel like i've i've had enough of that type of genre of a video game that type of gameplay um as much as like i would like to get into like another metroidvania type of game like there's something about hollow knight that just it doesn't speak to me per se i'm sure if i actually played the game my uh, my opinion would change um but like as far as like purchasing power goes like me actually physically buying the video game like i just can't pull the trigger on it i don't know uh, but for final fantasy 7 yeah. like that's I, fair that was, it's that a was ridiculous a, that's well, easy choice it's probably about the same length as final fantasy 7 really hmm wow actually i can't even remember I just thought it was, it's been I just so long since i played final fantasy 7 I don't even know how long that game is. I assume it's like 40 hours, it, but there's so much extra yeah. crap in there. I don't, I don't oh, really know I mean, yes. how much of it I, only I did partially, my first time through. I only partially give you shitfish because it took me like a year and a half to really commit to it. Um, but uh, And now I'm already going to get pulled away by other things, even though I really loved it. So that's just the way it goes. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's real fucking tough. And that's just the reality of those games. But you love Metroid, and you love Dark Souls, you love bugs, and you're hollow on the inside, so it's right up your alley, probably. It's, I think, like, I think mm. Fish would like it more than he thinks he would, but at the end of the day, I just think it's too tough of a game for him, and he probably couldn't handle it. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Oh, oh he's slinging oh, it back. That's fair. <laughs> I just, I don't see this him the, really be- getting past a lot of the bosses in the game. See, I'm weak, huh? Okay. Can't even beat Ganondorf. <laughs> mm. And that has some of the worst AI in all of gaming. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I lo- this is what I love about this. It only took us two and a half hours to get to the point where best friends, one called each other a hypocrite, the other said they sucked at video games. Um, Josh implied that with his whole you only finished half the game thing. Luckily nobody said anything about me, so I escaped somehow. Oh, we said you had a one-inch penis, remember? Damn it, that's right. We also said you had the worst AI in all of video gaming. Mm -hmm. Come on, Josh, we've had a lot of battles. (laughs) You've got to respect my Ganondorf. Respect the Ganondorf. Respect it. Respect it! (laughs) Respect it! (laughs) All right, uh, let's get out. That's all he has, Josh. It's true. True. Um, I actually, uh, okay, no tangential let's get the fuck out of here um it's been a fun show of course you can listen to our side podcasts um evoking the sublime where shay interviews game creators things of that nature and i have a podcast where i interview composers in the gaming industry called in the blood they've been quiet for a while but they're still there if you haven't checked them out of course our patreon page patreon.com slash swordchomp if you like the show you should head over there right now and support us look for our vip tier there's a secret Instagram page. Let's get the hell out of here. It's going to be a fun show next week as well. It's been crazy. It's been long. It's been a good time. That's what she's never said to me. And until next time, <coughs> we're out.